The following podcast is work safe. Everyone and welcome to episode 74, 74 of We Talk Games. We Talk Games, Video Power Magazine. Very special episode of We Talk Games today. It's our 26th annual third co-op for kids, our yearly auction to help support the Children's Miracle Network. And I was hoping to be able to get a little bit of a late start. I was hoping to start before the auctions actually ended. I didn't know. I know you didn't know, TT, but hopefully now you realize the difference between dishwashing liquid and dishwasher liquid. What do I look like? A step-forward wife? Well, I am your host, Wiggly, in the booth, Keith LaPosh. Yo. Keith, am I peeking a little bit? Sitting to my left, TT Schmootkins. TT? Hello, I am TT Schmootkins. The next time you hear nothing, a giraffe might be coming. And Stinky the Game Master is out of the studio, but uh, don't get too excited. He's he's actually out picking up the final pieces of our We Talk Games Co-op for Kids Charity Auction 3 Limited Edition, one of a kind, <laughs> ten of a kind. <laughs> we Talk Games posters. They're, they're big surprises. No one even knows about this yet. Well, except for me and Stinky and the people that made the artwork and the printers at Island Pro Digital. But besides that, uh, nobody that I could think of, but I'll let you know later, maybe. Great episode of We Talk Games headed your way. I hope, first of all, of course, we're going to be talking about the items we will have available up for auction that you could actually have in your own homes from former guests on our show, the creative video game junkie folks over at Etsy.com and or mega game fans in the video gaming universe. I am really excited about this year's co-op for kids. This looks to be the grandest co-op for kids we've yet to put on. Plus, we will have another We Talk Games Video Power Magazine open forum. Johnny Capcom, Kyle Von Kubik, Eric Alex, and yours truly will be talking about what we've been playing lately. And, of course, keeping in the three theme, third season of We Talk Games, 26th annual third co-op for kids, we will have the trilogy of questions answered by your own We Talk Games Council of Video Game Millionaires. All in all, seems pretty stacked! So let's not waste any more time. TT, let's dive right in to the fantastic items in this year's We Talk Games Co-op for Kids charity auctions. 100% of your winning bids goes to the Children's Miracle Network thanks to the mechanisms in place at eBay. You bid on the item, you win the item, you stick your credit card in, boom, the loot comes out at the Children's Miracle Network, and your super fun Prezi arrives parcel post. All right, TT, let's dive right into what's up on the auctioning blocks. And holy mackerel, look at these one-of-a-kind items. This is all thanks to our extended video game family over there at Etsy. Etsy.com. Check it out. A great place for the independent art community. 
This particular set is brought to us by Megan Ann at Nerdy Knits, or Knerdy Knits, if you will. And it is a matching pair of Super Mario Brothers knit hat and matching knit gloves. And look at the hat, if you could actually see through the radio. It's got Super Mario jumping around, punching out blocks, and you got those flappy doodles like the kids love with the ropes and the ties and the pom-poms at the end, plus a matching set of knit gloves, and the gloves are fingerless, so you could be holding that 8-bit controller right with there, looking at the back of your hands with the mushrooms on it. Wow. Wow, indeed. I don't think there's anything cooler than handmade knitted video game items. Wow. That's right. And make sure to check out all of Megan Ann's fantastic knitted video game items over at nerdyknits.etsy.com. That's Knerdy Knits. K-N-E-R-D-Y-K-N-I-T-S dot Etsy dot com. And for a link to everything that we have up for this year's charity auction, just go to WeTalkGames.com or subscribe to our Twitter at WeTalkGames. What else we got here, TT? Oh, wow. Look at this, TT. Wow. Uh-huh. The wow again, huh? Well, let me tell you, listeners, wait until you see these art prints by Ron Guyatt. Seven 13 by 9 prints of Bioshock, Dead Space, Star Wars, Two Halos, and Portal. Wow. Right. All reimagined in 21st century Art Deco style. Imagine 1933 World Fair. Beautiful imagery. Just imagine these graphic delights of your favorite game hanging on your wall and then conversating about them. Wow. TT, I think maybe you should be reading these, and I should be doing the reactions to them. Check out all of Ron Guyatt's mid-century-style artwork at rongayatt.etsy.com. That's R-O-N-G-U-Y-A-T-T. Guyatt. Oh, boy. That's just great. Super duper. (sighs) Maybe I should get Kyle on the line to talk about the rest of these here. Um... I'm unsure of your tone. Funny you should mention about tone there, TTI. I just don't think that the excitement tone is uh, coming through in your, you know, speaker. Fine. Sweet yourself. I trust you will have a great show, and I truly look forward to an exciting co-op for kids. Me too. Now spell. Sayonara, sucker. All right, Keith, tell you what, open up a video channel to Kyle Von Kubik. Let's get him on the line. Yo, yo, man. Hey, wow, I can see you clearly via video. Can you see me? I can see you. Can you see me? I can see you. Can you see me? Yeah, look at this finger I'm holding up. What in the world? (laughs) What did you hit your thumb with a hammer? Well, we got started late today. Sorry about that. but There is no time. TT put freaking regular dish detergent in the dishwasher. So it was like... The freaking Brady Bunch, Jam Brady, you know, suds everywhere in the kitchen. Playing bubbles. Streaming out. Oh, it was, what a mess. So now I smell like vinegar and salt and ice cubes. All right. Wait, Any- there is no time. Let's get no, started. No, there's no time. You're here. We're waiting for Stinky yes. to come in. I heard him pull up in the parking pad. Uh, so we're just waiting for him to, to come in here. This year is stacked, Wiggly. Oh, my gosh. Stacked. Now, I know that you don't know everything, but you know, know some, some things. things. And uh, I'm going to tell you what the rest of them are today. Okay. So, I already started this uh, with TT, the Etsy stuff, which is fantastic, original, and amazing. All right, here it comes. Stink. 
Let's see him, man. Let's see him. Come on. I got Kyle on. We got a stacked show. All right. All right. Take it easy. Can I read some of my fan mail? Oh, jeez. Stink. Where are the posters? I got them out here. Hold on. Let me go take my coat off. <laughs> what? Oh, my gosh. All right. Well, let me tell you. Oh, whoops. What's going on there, Keith? Let me tell you uh, some other things here while Stink takes his coat off. Why, why don't you? It's like. Here you go. Wait until you see this stuff, Kyle. You will not believe it. Some of our past guests, this is this is big stuff from George Gomez. Remember him? I do remember How George Gomez. How can you Gomez. forget? I haven't. He was our first uh, pinball designer extraordinaire, plus you know all the video games he was involved with. Look at this, man. You see that? Wow! That is some, uh, some type of hard plastic right there. It is a prototype pinball ramp. Signed by George Gomez, of course. He signed it right on there. See that marker? And look, you got wires sticking out of it and everything. This is an actual prototype of a ramp. And you can see, this was used for testing to see how the, the ramp would feel. One-of-a-kind piece. Nice. Now, I don't know what table this is from. It says on there, TF. So, I don't know. You know, And it also comes with this prototype design. Uh, look at that. Two-sided. Oh, there, doodle. Yep. Two-sided. Yep. Signed by George Gomez as well. Very nice. That's packaged together. That is a pinball package dream right there. One of a kind stuff. Put that on your desk. Roll some uh, quarters off of it and some uh, gumballs. Or stick it in your El Dorado machine and see what happens. Now, that's not all from George Gomez. He really, he, Co-op for Kids 3, Season 3 of We Talk Games, three pinball-related items. Look at this. Wow. Eight and a half by 11, Stern yeah. Transformers Pinball promotional mm. flyer signed right there by George Gomez. Again. Transformers Pinball Stern Gomez signed, suitable for framing. Yeah, now, so I've heard. Wait till you see this. I can't wait to see okay. it. Okay. This is the first time, I'm sure. Look at this. You, you know what that is, don't you? That is an EFI rough cut proof. Of the Stern Pinball Transformers table we were just talking about. That's the side panel art. It is a side art 10 by 30. You know these rough cut proofs. You don't yeah. get these, you know. That's in the industry type of thing. Like that's, that's never released to the public. The you, flyer might be released to the public. Not something like this. Yeah, they'll send it out as promotional material. You don't send out the side art with the, the color swatch is right on there. The Pantone colors are very visible. They are. It's amazing. You can try to figure out what... It's a dye line on there for where uh, it crops off. It's it, That's a fantastic industry proof. And signed. It's going to look great on my wall. Sign, signed by George Gomez. This is not a reprint. That's his actual signature. Oh, yeah, all three it looks. Right. Stink, you get your coat off yet. Hey, and not only that, but from the JK Art Collection, Johnny Capcom, Kyle Von Kubik come together supplying two original pieces of artwork. What are you One, talking about? Uh, it's an acrylic painting of you, myself, and Johnny Capcom in a Japanese woodblock type of motif. Uh, some Muda paint happening as well. I'm- and then the other item being auctioned with it. A doodle that was done by me Holy. on my ink blotter calendar. Over the course of many weeks, Holy and it's, it's mounted, and it's laminated, and it can be yours, if the price is right. In a time it would take you to complete Fallout 3, you could see every one of those doodles and try to figure out what they are. 
Sure. All your favorites are there. Now, I didn't even know about that. Well, that happened. Oh, my gosh. Stink! Well, while we're waiting for him still to take off his coat, what's going on? I'll tell you about this, Kyle. Now, you don't know what this is, but it's going to be a surprise for you. It is. We commissioned three artists, three professional artists that we've had before. Okay. Mandy Lascum. You know her, right? Of course, the artist who did the stacked t-shirt. That's right. And then Morgan Richards. The artist behind the uh, the Video Power Magazine poster for We Talk Games. That's right. And Bill Sienkiewicz. New Mutants, yeah. you know? Ever of heard of course. them? Always yeah. an eagle. Right. Three separate posters to celebrate our third co-op for kids and the third season of We Talk Games. Now, you know our original artwork that we use on the website, T-shirts and all that, was done by yes. Thaddeus Caldron. And, uh, you know, amazing artist. But that only had images of you, me, and John. Yeah. Now, each one of these three posters features the entire We Talk Games community, the entire crew from We Talk Games in original video Every member who's ever appeared on air? Every one. I say it's impossible. It is not. Even Tishka Honeypot is on there. My goodness. That's going back. That's old school. That's going deep. That is deep. All right, here he comes. Here he comes. I'm truly excited to see this. Come on, Stink. Let's go. Let's go here. Whip him out. Let's go. Carefully in the choice of words. Can I read my fan mail? God. What are you? Just give me the posters. Whoa. What in the? What? What's this, Stink? Did you ever notice how... They can't make bread that fits in your toaster. It's either too big or too small. No, no, no. You don't do that. Now, what What are these? How come I have to pay so much for a cup of coffee at the time? No! You had one simple task. Take the thumb drive to the printer and get the prints made for the show. Where? What happened to our art? We, uh, I lost it. So, so you decided to make prints of yourself? Oh my gosh! What's the, oh wait, what do we got there? Let's see what we got. We could probably salvage this. What do we have? I know Super Stinky Brothers Three. <laughs> All right. Oh my God! No one is going to buy. What would they buy this to scare kids? To put it up in their garden? Stinky, you look rather horrifying. Oh my gosh! As Super Mario with a raccoon tail. Well, Wetgack Flipley's made these for me. All right. Well, I do see their seal of approval on the bottom of the print. That's it pretty cool. It is official. It's yeah. the good old RIT team, the Rosenstein's Information Technology and Enriched Elbow Macaroni Company. I see that. All right. What's the second one there, Stink? Let's see. Wow. Just when I thought it couldn't get any more uglier. That's reaching deep, though. I mean, is that a knockoff of uh, Adventure Island 3, no less? Uh, Stink Venture Ithmus Ithmus. 3. Wait, that's like a sandbar, right? Wow. It's a landmass surrounded by water on three sides. Thanks, Stink, for your geography lesson. All right, and where's the third uh, atrocity? They wouldn't print it. (laughs) Why not, Stink? Uh, here's the drawing. Oh, my oh, God. Jesus. Stinky's nuts and milk. Oh, my goodness. Oh. Stinky, you are a character. You lose. Oh. 
I'm eight sick. Can I read my fan mail now? <clears throat> you have some nuggets on you there, Stink. And, and He's got milk. some nuts Nuts and milk. milk. Yeah. Get out of here. Go sit in a go sit. All right, well, it's not all a loss. No. We can still auction the, the first two off. Yeah, yeah. Somebody, I'm sure, will buy them, or we can package them in with other things. It's probably the best idea. Now, there's one more thing, Kyle. And yeah. you were in on this. You worked on this. You have This is unbelievable. Now, everything we've said so far, one of a kind, signed, autographed, limited editions, even the Stinkies are limited editions. Sure. Only 10 of each, I guess, right? Correct. We told him 12, but it looks like we have 10. He don't listen. No. Uh, you so, gave me- shut up, Stink. All right. Just sit sit on your mic at this point. I don't know why. I have to sit on my mic. <laughs> Right. But this is unprecedented. The length, this is pretty huge. This is huge. Did you ever want to be in one of those video games? I know I have. Yeah. Especially on one of the hottest platforms available, the iOS. Who doesn't have the iOS? They're selling more things than Sony, Microsoft, and Nintendo all combined. It's true. How many games a day? Like a million? E- easily a gazillion. Now, you remember our one of my favorite set of guests, uh, the, the brothers Father Gill. Correct. I insisted that we get them on because I love Strange Flavor. Right. And I know that they worked on some old Mac stuff. So we got them on. They have offered two amazing packages right Huge here. Huge opportunities. Unbelievable. First, you know that game Flick Fishing? I'm familiar with that. How would you like one of those fish to be called Kyle Von Kubik? That'd be pretty rad. It can happen if you win the bids That's on the right. eBay. You get a flick fish named after you. Right. That's huge. That is huge, but it gets even bigger. One more thing. Did you ever want to be in a video game? Like, you be in a video game? You know how some nerds dream of being pro wrestlers? Yeah. Well, I've always dreamed... To be in a video game. Well, now's your chance. If you win this eBay bid, you will be in an upcoming game. Father Gill Brothers will shove you right in that game, and you will be in a game on the iOS. Unbelievable. This is the best one ever. Huge. Huge opportunity. All right, man. Well, listen, hold on the line. Clean yourself off. I know you got slobber all over the table. You might have wet a little bit go change your underwears come back here and we're going to get the forum on for the rest of our show just like last time i love it hang on the line kyle i got a couple things to yell at stinky and then we'll have you right back on my shorts are stinky hey you think that i can uh, read my fan letters now did i tell you that you could stop sitting on your microphone why do i always have to be the bad guy stink i i guess you just can't help it you're just born that way stink Stick the mic back under the butt cheeks. Oh, yeah, Crash. I'll tell you what, buddy. One of these days, boy. One of these days. What's that? I didn't hear a fart. (sighs) All right, Keith, bring everybody on the line. Let's talk some games. World, go! (coughs) (sighs) Cough. My recording. Okay, good. Kyle is back. Kyle. Hello. And John. Yep. Capcom. And Eric Alex. Hello. Yeah, there it is! (laughs) (laughs) I can't disappoint my legions of adoring fans. Every month people are waiting to hear that, and sometimes they don't. (laughs) Then they go out and they 
they mug they write people. letters. Yeah, and they mug. All right, <laughs> fellas. Well, uh, we're going to do the uh, the old forum again here, uh, uh, like uh, a la last episode, except that this time we're going to have four on the forums, as uh, the kids say. Yeah. yeah, that's how that goes. So uh, so what have you been playing lately? I figured if we all say it once, uh, that'll cut yeah. down on the time of the show. So uh, here we go. Ready? Sorcery Lair or Captain America. One or two bucks to get every X table. So don't forget about Justin Smith's realistic sports. Well, no, it's working. I think we've lost lost Houston on that one. Are you coming through, Kyle? I am coming through. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can. Hey, who wants to go first here on what they've been playing lately? Me. I elect Paragalix. I've only got one, so. Okay, good. Let's get out of the way. <laughs> yeah, what's going on in Wisconsin? Star Wars: The Old Republic. And, oh, you've been playing that? Oh my God, have I been playing that? I've uh, I've been putting like say twenty six, twenty seven hours a day into it, and uh, yeah, I'm wow. I'm really really playing it. Now, what what do so you? So it's do a lot here? like Super Star Wars, or <laughs> <laughs> well, it's you know okay. So I never played World of Warcraft. But from my friends that also play Star Wars: The Old Republic, I guess it's uh, it's pretty much the mechanics are directly from World of Warcraft. Did it you plays... did you try that first um, Star Wars MMO that came out? No, Star Wars Galaxies. I yeah. gave a pass. Oh, I gave okay. a pass to it. Was that so did most people, and that's why it was a big flop. Was it was a camp? huge flop. If you ever have time, go look up some stories about that, like what they did to screw that up so bad, and it's pretty interesting stuff. It's like. MMO, how not to do it, 101. Yeah, I heard it was like horribly unbalanced. It sounds really dull. I remember stories when it came out that you could be a Wookiee hairdresser. And I was like, oh man, I gotta get that game. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you can't be a Wookiee hairdresser or a Wookiee at all in uh, the Old Republic. Uh, But um, it's an MMO, but it's got a really heavy single-player RPG element to it mm. in that uh, each of the cl- like different classes, and there's four classes on either side of the equation, the Republic and the uh, Sith Empire, each of those classes has a uh, fully voiced-out storyline exclusive to the class, and you'll get NPC companions that uh, go along with you. So it feels more like a party-based, you know, real RPG, even when you're not grouped up with people. That was always a problem with, like, you know, I played City of Heroes for quite some time, and the the quests tended to be not very personal. You, you didn't have much, uh, your, your character even didn't have much stake in what was going on, but that's not the case with this one. Right from the get-go, your character is typically involved in some kind of betrayal and race for the, uh, the prize uh, with some sort of evil or good, if you're playing an evil character, other... A Kotor, a one and yeah. two. I really dug those. Are, is it similar user interface, or is it, I mean, obviously it's the same motif. Where does this story take place in that whole epic, if it does at all? It does actually, and you'll you'll see um, a lot of callbacks to mm-hmm. uh, Knights of the Old Republic one and two. In fact, one of my characters just ran into a bunch of Revenites who are followers of darth revan who was a very important character in yes. the first nice of the old republic but the game takes place like 200 years after the end of uh kotor 2 okay uh, so it is it's definitely in the same 
same genre as it is. There's tons of Jedi and tons of Sith running around the galaxy, uh, which makes it a better setting for gaming, if you ask me, than the Rebellion era, which is the uh, the classic movie era. Yeah, those but, uh, KOTOR games were my favorite Star Wars movies. Yeah, yeah, the storylines were actually interesting. When I played the yes. first Knights of the Old Republic, there is a plot twist that you get to yeah. about a third of the way into the game. And I right. did not see it coming. It just caught me completely by surprise. Proving Man, once I'm... again that uh, anybody can do Star Wars better than George Lucas. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, it's very true. I mean, and it was such a good plot twist. It tied up some problems I had been having with the uh, with the setting up to that point, and just like wrapped it all together. And it's like this is why this stuff is going on. And I'm like, oh damn, that's amazing. Uh, I like the combat as well as the the upgrade systems that were in Kotor. Is it similar in this game? Uh, not really. Uh, like I said, it's it's very much more MMO oriented. You'll have uh, like a power bar with different abilities, and they're all on cooldowns after you use them. So it's um, it's straight up, you know, one hundred percent holy trinity of MMO tank DPS heals. It's very much there. So if you're if you're used to playing one of those sorts of games, this game will be instantly familiar to you. And if you've played Kotor and you liked Kotor, well, it's it's not really a turn based game. Um, there's not really twitch aspects to it. It's not like a shooter or anything. But keeping on the ball and hit using the right abilities at the right times will make you a lot more successful. Now, do you have to grind? You don't really. If you do your main class quests. And uh, also pick up some of the side quests, which if you're a completionist for these kind of RPGs, you're going to just do it all. Mm-hmm. You'll be well well ahead of the level curve as you go through the storyline. I found myself consistently like two or three levels above the suggested levels for the uh, content I was doing at all times. Hmm. So you don't, you don't really need to grind, although like, you know, all of those games, there is a certain amount of hey, there's uh, 50,000 groups of enemies in between me and my next quest uh, objective. I'll have to kill them all. So there is that sort of grind that happens there. You and just can't get away from it. Do you go in the cantina bar? That's what's on everyone's yes. mind, I'm sure. Yeah, pro tip. When you log out at night, always log out in a cantina or on board your ship because you get rest and relaxation experience bonuses when you log back in. Oh, good to know. Now, is it? It's nothing like Star Wars Galactic Battlegrounds, I guess. It is not. No, <laughs> I love uh, that although, game. <laughs> it's nothing like that. But uh, <sighs> you know, for you retro gamers out there, and I know there's like three of them on the phone with me right now. Yeah. Um, there is some bonus missions you can do. After Are they about- like Yoda stories for the Game Boy? <laughs> no, no, they're like Panzer Dragoon Urta uh, for the oh. Dreamcast. You get your own ship in this game that your crew kind of hangs out on. You can go talk to them. But you can also take your ship on ship missions, which are basically rail shooters complete with lock-on missiles and oh. firing blasters and spinning around through asteroid fields. And they're a, a pretty nice diversion, I think, from the main main parts of the game. As long as you don't go underwater and fight a giant frickin' eagle. <laughs> In 3D. Yeah, what's that? Yeah. Is, are, is, is it coming to, to Ireland there, the the one-day 3D gimmick of Episode 1? I think so. George Lucas killed theaters.com. 
I got to go buy that. But <laughs> <laughs> well, just think of all the great things they're going to cut in with Jar Jar in 3D. <laughs> oh, God. I just hope they re-release his inflatable doll. That's because I didn't get a crack at that the first time. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I, w- I was going to do a bobble with Jaden, but we didn't uh, have that opportunity because we were gearing up for our third annual co-op for kids, as we mm. talked about earlier. Uh, so uh, I wanted to just mention, I know I played this last episode, but didn't really get to talk about it. One of our favorite pinball titles... For burp, by the way, uh, one of our favorite pinball titles for the new consoles, the Zen pinballs, came to the iPod and the iPads, and uh, it's great. Now, did did you get this uh, full version of Zen with the Wolverine and the Thor and the Captain America and the Excalibur and the Sorcerer's Lair in Ireland yet? I can check. <laughs> okay, why don't I ask you that in a little while? <laughs> <laughs> okay, like I said, we had like some other Zen pinball games. Yeah, probably a crappy uh, roller coaster one and stuff. Yeah, yeah, the the volcano or whatever. It was. Those are really, like, yeah, know, those are old. Well, ne- versus the volcano, the pinball game. <laughs> uh, I would buy that. You probably would. <laughs> All right. Well, anyway, you know, if you played the the Zen pinballs on your PS3 or your Xbox 360. You will be pretty surprised at how uh, sideways sort of accurate they are. They are really close to playing it on that system because of the smaller screen size. Now, it's obviously not doing as many polygons, and there's not all the ball effects with the lightning and stuff shooting out of the balls. But the characters are pretty uh, surprisingly good. And you know that when they released these Wolverine, the Thor, and the Captain America uh, tables, they were really heavy on the toys on here and living toys. Yeah. So, you know, Spider-Man's flipping around and Captain America's throwing a shield and all that Zemo and everybody else. Well, they don't have Spider-Man out yet, though. But uh, the Wolverine table looks fantastic. The Thor table, Captain America. And the tables will run you uh, anywhere from $0.99 cents to, I think, $1.99 when they came out. Now they're just $0.99. Cents. Um, Not bad. Yeah. It's, you know, they, they've really kept in line with that. I don't know how much the, the first table costs. I don't know if it's free mm-hmm. or two bucks or something but you get sorcerer's lair for your uh, two bucks which isn't really that good of a game the first time that i pay- played thor which is the newest uh, table i actually played the ipad version before i went and checked to see if it was available on the ps3 and uh unless you're holding them right up next to each other on a screen or you just get done playing one or the other there's really not too much of a difference. It's they're really spot on, so definitely worth it if you're a if you're a uh, pinball fanatic and want to pay more money for games you already own to take them on the go. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely out over here. I just checked it, and uh, you know, I'll get it later. Okay, good, great, great, good. The tables themselves look pretty badass. I they, I'll tell you, it's really, it's really surprising. I, I racked up a pretty good uh, number on the Thor table as well, and it sort of got me ready. I knew like the rules before I played the PS3 version of the different, um, you know, adventures you can go on by and and unlock uh, the different things like going against Loki and uh, the Destroyer and things like this. So it's kind of quickly. Cool. Did you get the next set of Marvel pinball tables for the PS3? Or no, Xbox? I haven't had them on. What What do we got? Oh, okay. Well, I've been playing them, and uh, they're Ghost Rider, Moon Knight, Thor, and X Men. 
Oh, and, uh, wow. They're a blast. And I haven't seen you on there, so I wanted to ask if you've been up. Because I, I played a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. And I didn't see you were on there. And you just talked about it now, and it sparked the thought that, yeah, did you get these? Because uh, they're pretty – I mean, <laughs> anything Zen's feeding me, I'm enjoying. Because right. for my money, it's the best virtual pinball out there. And I really dig all four of these tables. I don't know who Moon Knight is. Oh, that that's the one yeah, that interests not, me the I mean, most. I'm a casual comic <laughs> fan, so I'm not a, you know, so I'm like, who's this Moon Knight? But it very enjoyable table. Well, hopefully they release a Brother Voodoo table because that would really, <laughs> I will be buying that like nobody's business. O- over my head. And so was the whole Egyptian space thing that was happening on that table. But all four of those tables are great. Great additions to, uh, the the Mar- Mar- Marvel uh, pinball collection there. I really dug that Ghost Rider table. Actually, there was like a lot of '70s trashiness to it that I thought was a pretty yes. cool vibe. Yeah, actually, I, yeah. I did enjoy the art style on that one too. Because that one was because a lot of fun. Is like spot on with that table artwork. You know, like you yeah. Could, with the exception of some of the toys and, and effects and actions, you could see these tables being real physical tables because mm. they kind of sit on the fence with some tables, whether it's like. It's an emulation of a fake machine, so it, it seems very mechanical. Or if they yeah. just go full out with some of the, uh, I'm trying to think of a good example for that. I guess you know, Spider-Man would be more of that, like in between where it could be a physical table, table with the exception of you know Green Goblin yeah. flying yeah. around. But um, yeah. Moon Knight is definitely like straight up virtual pinball with all the different gimmicks happening on the screen. That was a little busy. That one, I thought. I dug it. I, I thought it was cool. I, I was so unfamiliar with the character, so it was just a new experience for me. I'd, I'd like to see a Werewolf by Night table as well. Swamp Thing table? Well, that'd be a DC pinball, though. Uh, no, Your uh, evil is not wanted here. Yeah, you'd have to, you'd have to get a Man Thing table. That would that was uh, Marvel's <laughs> answer was Man Thing, which I love Ugh. Man Thing. Yeah, his, really? his touch burns. If you're evil, his touch burns. Yeah. Yeah, don't get touched. Oh, right. The touch off his man thing, or oh, I, somebody, I, like I was trying to hold it back. I'm like, somebody's going to go there anyways. But I built a paper mache man thing mask when I was uh, back in high school. That's how much. I, actually, junior high. That's how much I liked man mm. thing. Yeah. Uh, but if they do make a swamp thing, if they do come out with DC uh, tables, I'm sure they're going to be rushed out and, and be crap. But I would Horrible. love to see Adrian yeah. Barbeau, you know, half nude in a in a swamp thing table. And David Hess. Exactly. Next. Uh, I want to mention, you know, the only things I have really were for the iDevices. Those are really the only games I've played since the the last episode. Uh, No, that's not true. John, I tried one of your suggestions. I I actually picked up the uh, WWE uh, All-Star Fandango. Oh, yeah. yeah, and you know, I, I started playing it. I was having a good time. I got my free Honky Tonk Man, and then I realized that... Uh, I want to sell this immediately. I just got to a point with it, you know, trying to unlock things and yeah. uh, going through it. And I think the problem was is that uh, I hate pro wrestling now. And I think that, <laughs> I think it's kind of hard to play a pro wrestling game when you have so much hate for it. The thing that set it off was uh, Jimmy Superfly Snook is in it. And I do not, I refuse to unlock a murderer in a video oh, game. God. 
So, I mean, it's sort of like <laughs> alleged murderer. Let's uh, well, let's avo- let's avoid the libel loss. I lived in Bethlehem, and that happened in Allentown. That's our neighbor right there. We're all part of Leah Valley. So I remember that whole fiasco, and it just it just made me very bitter and and angry uh, about the whole thing. So I think I got just too sour because of Snooka being in there, a guy still making money uh, and uh, probably shooting it somewhere where the sun don't shine and got away with murder so pro wrestling a very dark place so. it is yeah well it got me thinking wrestling of, job tomorrow is what's that <laughs> look at your wrestling job tomorrow chikara is no vince mcmahon you know if vince mcmahon was running chikara then i wouldn't be going but uh i have nothing but disdain for that fella so um, mm. So I, I think I have to get rid of it. But, and honestly, as a game, uh, I was playing it, and, you know, it is more arcade so I thought I would really enjoy it. And I played it. I played a good deal of it. Um, you know, I was unlocking things the hard way. I didn't just start by putting the, the Konami code in there or whatever it is to unlock everything. I was getting the different costumes and different characters. But at the end of the night, I just thought, I just want to go play um, Superstars or WrestleFest, uh, you know? In, in your house. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> I, that should be on part of the council question as games that you enjoyed that no one else liked. No, I, you know, give I, credit to that game. All right, yeah, that game was great, and that was a reference to that game. Just in case you didn't get it. <laughs> but you know, I'd rather go back and play my my FBI warnings that drugs are no good for you. Those arcade titles, uh, those those were the funnest for me, and those are the most arcade, you know. And and I don't think I'll ever play games that can top that, even though they're not deep, they're not deep at all. But uh, that's where I was left tonight. Now, two more games, and then I'll pass the uh, duchy on the left hand side. Uh, Justin Smith's real Winners Winners don't use drugs unless they're Michael Phelps. (laughs) (laughs) Justin Smith's realistic summer sports simulator. I I stumble over those words. I don't know how anyone could say those like in a commercial or something like that. Now, realistic summer sports simulator is probably the most realistic simulator of summer sports I've ever played. And by realistic, I mean realistic rubber band type of insane throw Atari graphics around with a rubber band and that's what you get with Realistic Summer Sports Simulator. It's probably one of the funnest games that you can never get good at that you'll ever play. And, you know, it's just hilarious. If you've ever played any Justin Smith's game, when I found out that I was going to be part of this commercial, or hopefully part of it, you go to Wigglysworld.com, you can see the the video game commercials I've been involved with. And as John says, uh, if he played every game I was ever involved with, he'd play two games. Because I'm cutting that out of the earlier part where you actually said that. That's a shame. Uh, (laughs) Censored. That's my, that's going to be my biography title. Censored. Oh, sorry. (laughs) Bums. Uh, Now he's going to get the Vuvuzela out again. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Uh, Censored. The Johnny (laughs) I just said how doing an open forum is easier for me to edit, and now I have this thing. Do your job, sir. Right. Rebel against SOPA, Johnny. But when, when I found out about it, uh, we were getting ready. Chiz was driving us somewhere to, to go get a snack or something. And so right before we left, since I don't have the highfalutin iPhone or anything, I have the iPod, I quick downloaded EnviroBear while I was sitting in my driveway and uh, got a taste of that, got a taste of Justin Smith on the way out to dinner. 
And it was so hilarious to me that I had to show Chiz as she was driving, which was incredibly dangerous. And she started driving <laughs> like EnviroBear. But if you if you have time, get EnviroBear, get Realistic Summer Sports Simulator, because these are two games that you will laugh your butt off as you can never play them. EnviroBear, you're, of course, a bear, and uh, you drive a car. So you're <laughs> driving a car, trying to catch as many fish as you can before you drive into your cave to hibernate fish and other type of foods berries and you only have one hand so your one hand has to do the steering wheel the gas pedal the brake pedal get fish after you drive into a lake you have to get the fish and then eat them eat the fish with your hand put them in your mouth and get try to whack uh, wasps away and all i got to say is if you're trying to play this and you're laughing your ass off uh, try to get a mushroom because i, I you want to <laughs> You, you see this game and you think it's simplistic and then it just keeps surprising you. Uh, I'll just say that. But just an amaz- amazing uh, games in Bear. And he also did one, uh, a takeoff of Oregon Trail, if you remember that old game for like the classic Mac. But it's nothing like Oregon Trail. You're, you're, actually, I'm sorry. It's exactly the whole tale of, uh, <laughs> of the old pioneers heading west. And by that I mean sure. that your horse is connected to your wagon as one stiff, unit all together and mountains are like triangles and you're trying to go (laughs) over the triangles and do jumps and do flips to get bonus points uh, to get to El Dorado (laughs) the whole gold uh, gold rush so it's it's all the games are great but uh, start with I think realistic summer sports simulator viral bear Um, just hilarious games now a game that I think that Kyle if he doesn't own this, uh-huh. I'm going to go up there and kick you in the in the uh, wheels. Uh, Bike Baron, you know where I, heard? I do. Bike Baron, did you hear this? Mm-hmm. You did. But no. Oh, no. see, now you should bring because- on the kicks. <laughs> it's by a company called Mountain Sheep. This is a game that is so good, it's insane that I'm playing it on my iPad. I, I say have- it again. What's the name? Bike Baron. Bike Baron. Okay. Yeah. Everything that I'd hoped I'd get out of Joe Danger, I made up yeah. in spades with Bike Baron. This is Trials oh, HD. Oh, bag on Joe Danger. Let me tell you, you play this, you'll never play Joe Danger again. This is I'm going to bag on Joe Danger if I play this You game? will. You, this is fast. This is Trials HD difficulty okay. at later levels. You can build uh, your own levels. You can download oh. uh, created levels. But it on is, my iPad. On your iPad, on your iPod, on your... I don't know how well it plays on the iPhone and the iPad. I, I assume it plays okay. But its it has all those gimmicks of what hooked you into trials, like having to go backwards on some levels, you know, to get to the different areas. And each level will have three goals. Mm. And I think there's like 40 uh, or more tracks that you go i mean i i haven't gotten beaten this and i've had it for quite some time because i'm trying to get three coins in each level and you earn the coins by either collecting all the coins uh three stars i'm sorry you collect all the coins on a level you beat the level uh under a certain time limit you get to the end of the the track without dying uh doing like three or three flips four back flips five front flips during a level and that's how you get uh, these these uh, stars the nice thing about it is, say you earn one star for collecting all the coins, you hit retry, you don't have to get all the coins. So you could take other runs at the, the course without having to try to get all three stars in one shot. Okay. 
and there's explosions, there's jet packs. So there's parts where you get this jet pack to do loop-de-loops or jump insanely far. And it's set up, it's, it's only 2D uh, gameplay, but it's set up in a 3D world. And I can't believe how good it looks. I mean, it's really like I'm playing a console. Uh, that's that's how good it is. And, and honest to goodness, I, I wish that Joe Danger was uh, this good. So check that out, Bike Baron. Will do. I think it's only like 99 cents. So Yeah, it looks like it is and I'm downloading the free uh the free version first. Okay. Not that good. I don't trust your recommendation, <laughs> but I got to save my pennies. The only thing that differences I think with the uh iPhone 4 and the uh iPad 2 is that you have yeah. some more shading under the bike and things like this. But pretty much everything else I think is uh, spot on as far as gameplay goes. Really neat backgrounds, really really cool game. What do you got uh John? Addendum time uh, for me. Nice! <laughs> <laughs> I played more of the Zelda, the Skyward Sword Zelda. I'm 25 hours in, uh, and I'm traveling back and forth through time and doing all that stuff. How many tutorials have you had to muscle through? Well, not that many. No, oh, that's what I keep been. hearing is that people can't stand the, the <laughs> tutorials in that game. I don't know, maybe I just zombie true them. I, I just, uh, the thing is, like, uh, I had to kind of take a break from it just because the scale of the game is pretty big, you know? Mm. And you're looking at the next temple that you have to go crack, and you're just like, oh, God, do I have six hours to do this? <laughs> you know what I mean? And that's the only thing. It, it's very, it's very big game, and, but, like, the puzzles and the combat and all is very fun. So the, I had to get used to the, uh, the swords, you know, like the, the way you swing the sword around is a bit odd, and but at first, because the character, the enemy characters will block based on what way you're holding it. So mm. if you're holding it off to the right, they'll, they'll just have their shield ready because they're just like, okay, well, I mean, you're clearly going to hit me here, so you have to kind of fake them out and stuff. You know? That's cool. A lot of people like uh, have said that it might be the best Zelda game ever. I don't necessarily agree. Um, I love it. It's good. But I don't think it's a Twilight Princess beater. I don't think it beats the ones on the DS or uh, Wind Waker. But it's very good. Very good. John, what's your favorite Zelda title? Uh, Twilight Princess. Well, might surprise some, you know, but I thought it was pretty excellent. Like, you know. And that's one cover uh, I'm surprised Stinky didn't do was Toilet Princess. <laughs> you know, with, with the, what, he, what he pulled on. That would have been good. Yeah, that yeah. probably, I'm surprised that didn't happen. Other than that, I've been playing a lot of fighting games. I went to an anime convention there uh, last week. In the uh, game? Uh, no, in, oh. in real life. There was a transition there. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> no, you don't go to an anime convention in Zelda because that is meta. Oh, that's, that's <laughs> PlayStation Home. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And but yeah, as went, Link, you cosplay as Zelda at the convention. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, yeah, I went to the thing. I, I'm not. I don't watch anime. Um, I never I, like. I watch Akira, and I like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you I, say I watched Astro Boy in the '60s. I go to an anime <laughs> convention. Yeah, yeah. I like. I like. Um, I, I like Cyber City. Eat away, the way. And um, I like all those uh, Hayao Miyazaki movies. Uh, but I would, certainly wouldn't call myself an anime fan, but I heard there were running Street Fighter tournaments of this thing. Okay. Because the kids who like the anime like the Japanese video games. Mm. 
you know, I figured I do some Japanese sports and right. maybe we'll bond, you know. Well, basically, I went there and I got involved in the Street Fighter 4 tournament and uh, I got destroyed because uh, I don't play enough games, it seems. <laughs> now, I didn't look as malnourished or unhealthy as anyone there. <laughs> <laughs> I guess you have to sacrifice your health to get that good at Street Fighter. I just, you know, I, I, I know I'm completely racist, I guess, but I'm just uh, imagining. Whoa, 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 whoa. Well, I'm, Time out! Don't say that on the show. Just, no good has ever come after that statement. Yeah. I, I just am trying to imagine going to an anime, an Irish anime convention. Okay, well, in comparison to all the American ones you've got, to? <laughs> you're yeah, the right. American ones are just filled with sweaty white kids too. So what are you talking <laughs> about? No, no, no. I mean, it's just, it's just. Uh, I, I don't know why. It just seems. I I just think that Ireland is just like a completely different place than like a big city like New York convention or Philly. It's it's sort of like if you had a, a anime convention in the in the South. It's just that the 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 accents going with the anime just make it very interesting to me. You know, I don't know why. I'm not comparing Ireland to, to rednecks. I'm just saying it seems like... I'll be able to lock the bubblegum crosses. <laughs> well, that's what I mean. That's what I mean. It just seems it seems like the accents would be just amusing to me. It's I'm not like, well, you know, it's out I'm of order. I'm looking for volume three of Eat Man. <laughs> well, you see, I live in a very progressive and culturally obsessed city. I see. And, uh, here we like to celebrate everything we like, you know. Sure. Yeah. So well, the, shame on you and Ireland. <laughs> the, the kids had a little uh, convention, and I went along. You know, me and my uh, my two friends I went with, we pretty much were the coolest people there, in my opinion, because we were the only ones not dressed like nurses or something. <laughs> you know? uh, we John, who'd the, you play as in the tournament? Uh, Ken. Oh, okay. Ooh. Uh, what characters were beating you? Pretty much anybody. I think uh, I got beat by Dan and uh, Cammy. Yeah, but uh, you know, then again, uh, how do I put it? Um, I, I, I kind of expected that, like you know, uh, just because again, I was I I, I looked too healthy, I'd imagine, to store. Uh, and uh, uh, we played a Street Fighter Four arcade cabinet though soon after that, which was that's cool. Mm. Pretty cool. It wasn't a proper one because pretty much whoever put it there, uh, he sellotaped all this like art from an actual Japanese cabinet just mm. on over to Marky. <laughs> it was hanging off it and stuff, you know. And uh, <laughs> wild. It was a standard European American style two joystick affair, you know. But pretty cool, like you know. To, and uh, my friend who I went with, uh, he beat it. I scrubbed out in the first round, and he basically went on and beat the game uh, while we were there. so that was like that was awesome that was like watching a sporting event or something like, you know, I guess that's <laughs> what people feel when they watch stuff yeah I, you know I remember well I guess they, they brought it out in movies like King of Kong but I remember gathering around uh, people in, in the arcades back when arcades were, were hot um, in the 80s and, uh, and before then and gathering around people that were going to beat a game I remember it was a big deal when uh, a, a team of people got to the end of X Men, and uh, oh, yeah. you know we like gathered yep. around and watched the, the big ending uh, credits well, roll and everything. When he yeah. up against uh, Seth at the end of the game, uh, we figured he'd probably die. 
you know. Mm-hmm. So in this big cavernous room full of people playing Yu-Gi-Oh and Beyblade and stuff, you know. <laughs> grown men playing Beyblade and stuff, you know. Oh, we just turned around and shouted, there's that kill screen coming up. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we were just like, in a room where we get nothing, the thing we get, nobody else gets. Like, you know. <laughs> I'm I'm disappointed in this whole uh this all this talk of Ireland. I just had this picture in my head that everything was just like an Irish spring commercial. And I guess it's not. I was picturing hard stars, rainbows, horseshoes and blue moons. Oh my god. And the red balloon. What's Irish Spring? Is that like a, a thing over there? It is it's a soap, soap brand here. Okay. And uh, apparently, and in you're the supposed 90s, to. People would cut it and smell Ireland. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're supposed well, you're supposed to do that in the Irish countryside, and you take your buck knife out and cut a chunk of the soap off, and, smell. and then you get the scent, the scent of Ireland. You don't do that. Yeah. Nobody <laughs> does that here. I am shocked. Do they? I'm just. I'm uh, so like, disillusioned. If you check it, much like a lot of your products, if you just look at the bottom, it'll probably say "product of Mexico" yeah. <laughs> or China. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and this is why Europe hates us. <laughs> yep. Do they have anything like that, like uh, American anything over there, where something's named America, and then they show an American doing something? <laughs> yes. Fast food. Yeah, <laughs> oh, of course. Yeah, of course. Yeah. American artery cloggers. Yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, and every pro wrestling event has to be marketed as an American wrestling event. Even though nobody on the card is from uh, America, <laughs> we're, we're sort of like that. Uh, like in Pennsylvania, every band—if you want—if you want people to come out to hear your band, you have to say they're from New York. Mm. So, right. Kyle, sure. you're from New York, so you should be able to rap, right? Absolutely. <laughs> I don't know if you know, but I co-wrote uh, "Pound on My Muffin." <laughs> <laughs> so much of this show is getting edited out. Stop. You're like Kim Jong Il. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. what? what? Do I have anything what? else? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I played Tekken 2 recently. Uh, Super Street Fighter 2. Got basically the snoppy out of me on them all because I don't really play video games enough. And, Where did uh, you play Tekken 2? In the, in the arcade? In an arcade machine? No, no. Okay. In a friend of mine's house. I brought oh. my station copy up. And, uh, yeah, I started playing the Mass Effect game because uh, everybody says Mass Effect is great, so I didn't pick that up. And it's 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 pretty good. Uh, the action isn't quite all there, but the story is pretty excellent. And, uh, is that the the first Mass Effect? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, it's really good story. Yeah, I think Mass Effect Two is one of the games uh, wrapped up on my shelf still. That one, that surprised. one has not as good of a story, but it plays a lot better. Mm. Mm. I wouldn't be surprised, Wiggly, if you have, like, Yar's Revenge wrapped up in the plastic. <laughs> I loved Yar's Revenge. I and See, why would I rather play that for hours on end than uh, games that are supposed to blow your socks off? You're old. I guess that's what it is. <laughs> I guess that's what it is. What do you got there, uh, Kyle? I've been playing Skyrim. Have oh. you? Yeah, it's a Bethesda game, which I believe is a genre now. Um, It's a game that goes for 300-plus hours and then uh, caves in on its own weight every now and again. (laughs) What's to be said about Skyrim? I guess it's it's another sequel in the Elder Scrolls series. Never jumped on board on that. Um, I had a friend who played, 
I guess the last one or whichever one was on the original Xbox. And, it was uh, Morrowind. Yeah. Morrowind, that's correct. And uh, Couldn't I stand really to get watch into that. it. I mean, I watched him do it, and I, I did the GTA thing where I went in there and started, like, you know, stabbing villagers and stuff. But I just didn't connect with the storyline happening. I was also playing his character in the middle of a story, too. So I guess maybe I didn't go into it the proper way. But I kept hearing all these great things about Skyrim, and I'm a big fan of the Fallout uh, Bethesda games. And that style of game. So I'm like, all right, so I'm picturing Fallout, Dragons, and uh, Fantasy. I get it. It's it's that. I don't want to minimize it, but if you know you dug New Vegas or Fallout 3, you're going to probably like this as long as you like the high fantasy type of motif this game offers. And there's just many, many more things to do. There's alchemy. There's smithing. There's enchanting. And because of... My work schedule, I don't have a lot of time to play it, so I've only been playing it for me a couple hours at a time each night. It works as a very good sedative for my fiance. puts her to bed <laughs> like that. Uh, if only it was an aphrodisiac. Um, ah. So, so like, I, I was, you know, I start the game, you create your character, and there's a couple races you can pick from. There's these people who look like barbarians, or, or I guess they look more like Vikings, the Nords. Uh, there's cat people, and there's a couple different elf races. I picked Lizard Man. Being a fan of Soul Calibur, I saw Lizard Man. I was like, I'm a Lizard Man. And it was funny, because Kimberly is watching me play, and she goes, well, maybe you should read the little synapses to see what their strengths are. No, I'm Lizard Man. And I turned into a Lizard Man, and I ran out and just started bashing things, and I'm having a great time. And what's great about this game, what I really dig about it, not more so than when I when I was playing Fallout, but there's so many different things happening, it seems, at any given time. I'm not really following a storyline right now. I'm just exploring. So I'll find a cave. There'll be a, you know an event happening in that cave, and it's like a little micro-mission that I complete, and I up my stats. And that's the other thing, too. There's so many things that you can um, uh, level up in. And the more you do those things... That's how you level up. So I've been using a, a destruction spell, uh, a flame, and the more I use that, that's how I level up. It's not like you know I get a level and then I dump points arbitrarily into different metrics. It's the more you use something, the better you are at it, which I really kind of dig that that UI. So if I'm you know using my bow and arrow more, I'm upping my archery skill, or if I'm using a two-handed weapon, I'm upping that skill. There are level ups where you dump in points. Kind of, it, you'll get a level up and it will ask you whether you want to increase your magic, health, or stamina. And then after that, it shows these constellations, and the constellations represent different paths you can take with your character. It's things like, you know, your armor, enchanting, destruction. It, it's pretty much two halves. There's one half for your warrior class and the other half for your magic class. And there's, I guess, five or six constellations that make up each side. And then you can select different perks, which were in the Fallout games, and they're, they're in a few other games, uh, you know, contemporary titles too. And these perks are just immediate gratification to that character, which I really like. I'm enjoying the game. I really like the fact that I'm just doing my own adventure. I'm not really following the storyline. I'm just, I found easily three different, uh, three dozen different places on my map. And uh, I just keep walking around. And in the distance, I see something. I go check it out. I get into a fight or I meet new people and I, uh, you know, get new weapons. And it's just a really great experience. But it's something that 
I could see myself, if I really wanted to get ingrained into the storyline, just investing 20-some-odd hours like Eric did with the Star Wars game, because there are so many different things to do in this game. I played uh, but that I'm really game, digging. too. Yeah, it's a, it's a great title. I've also been playing like a bunch of smaller titles. Last show, we talked about how I have people over for New Year's, and what we do is we play games until it's time to watch them wheel out the carcass of what's-his-face and watch oh the ball gosh. drop. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Lady Gaga, you mean? Yeah, Lady Gaga. She yeah. pressed the button. Uh, <laughs> that hideous monster. So we were playing a lot of uh, PlayStation 3. I hooked that up in the living room. And um, here's a couple titles that we played. I'll blast through real quick. I want to get to something else uh, that we played as well. But we played Bomberman, what is it, Ultra or Ultra Bomberman, mm-hmm. uh, which is downloadable in the PSN. Great mm-hmm. game. It is a quintessential party game. Playing that by yourself, I downloaded that game months ago, played it by myself, eh, it's Bomberman. Playing it with three other people, a blast. Yeah. Um, played <laughs> a lot of You Don't Know Jack. Mm. Uh, that's really enjoyable with a large group of people, mm-hmm. so I definitely recommend that one. And I know a lot of our fans are of the don't throw sports at me type, but we played some Madden 12. Yeah. Now, I, that was brought over. I don't own Madden 12, um, but I'm familiar with the franchise, and I'm a bit of a football fan. Not a big football fan, but as I got, I've gotten older, I've become uh, more of a fan of, of watching football. So we're playing Madden. Now, my brother had decided to come over. He's 17, not a big sports guy, and he was trying to play with us, and I found that he was actually enjoying the trash talk between me and my friends more than the actual game. Which was fine. We were all having a good time. But I kind of felt bad that, like, it's really not intuitive. And it's got a kind kind of a high barrier of entry if you decide, hey, I want to play a sports title. And you go for Madden 12. It's not like, you know, your your Super Mario sports titles or your Neo Mm -hmm. Geo sports titles. Mm -hmm. It's kind of like counterintuitive for somebody who's not familiar with the franchise and not familiar with the sport. And the game will make no qualms about making you look foolish. You know, if you pick a bad play, you're going to look silly to the people who know what they're doing. So the following day, New Year's Day, uh, he had come over and I had downloaded Madden Arcade. Now, I was expecting something like NFL Blitz or, well, I think it's called Madden Football Season 2, which is a a coin-operated machine I've talked about in the past, which is an arcade version of Madden, and it simplifies it a little bit. Mm So I played Madden Arcade with him, and while it was very simplistic, I mean, it's very simple. It's five-on-five football, and basically these are your choices. When you're defense, you can blitz, block a short pass, medium pass, or long pass, and then when you're offense, you can run the ball, throw it short, throw it medium, throw it long. That's it. And you have four downs, but essentially they're just four tries to get to the other end of the field to get the points. And there's no kickoff. You know, the field, if you choose, if you opt to have a field goal, it happens automatically. So they really pared down the game. They added in a couple little power-ups in there. There, There's um, this little, what I want to call a slot machine wheel on either side of the screen where your teams are. And uh, it'll spin every now and again, depending on where you're at in the game, and it will give you this randomized power-up that you hit with the uh, triggers or the shoulder buttons on your controller. And it does things like it will split the ball three ways, you can get a perfect pass, 
you can speed up your receiver so he runs faster, and you can freeze players. Now, the game isn't bad, but it's not incredibly good either. Mm. It's sort of like in between, and I'm not sure who the game's for. It's certainly not for the hardcore football fan who wants his realistic football simulator, but it's also not on the other side of the fence for the arcadey fan. And the reason I bring this game up at all is because there's no denying that a sports game can be fun for everybody. I mean, the reason why the sports, these sports exist and they're popular is because there's some basic fundamentals within the game to make them popular. Nintendo does a great job at making these very user-friendly, and I thought NFL Blitz back in the day did a pretty good job of that, too. This game is almost childlike in its simplicity, and it's not like insulting, but it's not exactly fun either. The visual presentation is not realistic, but not stylized. It's not really a great type of party game. You can do 2v2, you know, four players at once. But um, what we found was it was kind of like just not engaging enough. Playing it single player, we found that the AI was incredibly cheap. I'm just kind of disappointed because I think that they have an opportunity. They do have name recognition, and they can give a game that is uh, user-friendly and open to everybody. I think that they lost sight of what that is. And I think, like, again, Nintendo did a great job with Mario Golf and the baseball game and the soccer game. I'm not into soccer, but that Strikers game is a lot of fun. Mm -hmm. And, you know, Neo Geo, what's more boring than watching baseball? But Super All-Star Baseball 2 is a great game. Mm -hmm. So I just think it was uh, an opportunity lost. I talked about this game when it came out. It is no Blitz. Blitz was... A blast, Fun. you know, yeah, yeah. Especially when oh, and that's the other thing I like Blitz. Blitz was great. Yeah. Well, yeah, but with the you know with Blitz, it was the crunch and the crack and the, the trash talk you hear. This game tries to give that feel of like the urgency, so they have like air horns and and whistles and everything else, but it's still very so slow paced that even though the air horns and everything are going going off, there's no time limit. I could take forever to pick my play, and player two's got to wait. Till I'm done. That's one thing that Madden Blitz had up on it. Is you only had a certain amount of time. You had to pick a play. Pick yeah. a play already. Mm-hmm. Now, I've been playing a lot of uh, iDevice games. I got the MAME on the uh, the iPad, which is pretty awesome. Uh, but I'm not going to get too deep into that. But I grabbed that when that was on the store before it went, got brought down. Mm. Um, but in the how did you not get sued category, did anybody else see this game, Mole Kart? No. no. Okay, so Mole Kart is... Mario Kart, and that's it. It is it is Mario Kart. <laughs> they basically ripped they ripped off Mario Kart completely from level design to characters, but they just changed the characters into these weird mole people. Um, but the main character is like got the same colors as Mario. It's very strange. So basically, if you want to play Mario Kart on your iPad, it's A cheap game. I think it's free, actually. (laughs) Uh, That's probably how they're not getting sued. And it's uh, it's using the accelerometer in the uh, iPad to steer, so it's kind of similar to the uh, the steering wheel for the Wii. Ah. Visually, the graphic presentation would I would equate it to somewhere between I'd say either DS or Nintendo sixty four. I've seen better three D done on the iPad, but um, for free. 
I know if you're a fan of Mario Kart, say, I'm telling you, the, you're going to play these levels and be like, these are complete rip-offs. Yeah. And they just do things like change Goombas into weird brown block spiders. Well, guess what? You're uh, too late if you haven't got in it yet. It's oh, gone. It's, it's gone? Yeah. All right. So somebody <laughs> definitely did get to Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it, it's it's pretty fun. Maybe if I have time, I'll shoot a video and I'll post it up on WeTalkGames.com just so people can see how much of a ripoff it is. I mean, completely aping it. Speaking of you know, iDevice games that are aping someone else, Wiggly, when I, we talked, I thought you said you had played this Super Crate Box. Yeah, well, I downloaded it and I got I got ready to play it in my iCade, but I uh, haven't had an opportunity to uh, actually play it yet. Looks great, okay, though. Well, it looks great because it's completely aping the visual style of Super Meat Boy. I'm not going to make any bones about it. It's just a fact. With its title, it's pretty much a dead giveaway that sure. it's doing that. But it's its own thing. There's it's guns, right? There's guns happening. Okay, yeah, okay. So I'll explain the game a little bit. The The stages are built like Bubble Bobble, so those single-frame stages. Mm-hmm. And your little character sits at the bottom of the screen, and every so often a new weapon will appear while floods of enemies are being dumped into this stage. And it's really just an endurance run to see how long you can last or how many enemies you can kill. And then you unlock other stages in this single stage, you know, these these single stages. So it's not like Super Meat Boy, there was a lot more, it was more emphasis on your movement and controls. This is more about endurance. This is what I will say, though. If you plan on downloading this game, I strongly suggest you have an iCade because the controls otherwise are pretty bad. Or you have to be extremely good and accurate to play this game because of the speed at which you're being attacked. I found on the iCade it was a pleasure to play. You know, last episode we talked about must-have titles for the arcade. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I talked about Spider because Velocispider is a great game on the arcade. But Spider is also a fun game to play without the arcade peripheral, where I don't think a lot of people are going to uh, derive a lot of satisfaction from playing a Super Crate Box without some sort of joystick button controls. Mm-hmm. It's very difficult to do without it because there's like D-pad on the screen, and it doesn't work well. That's my recommendation. If you have the peripheral, this is a game worth picking up because it is fun. It's got that contemporary retro style that you know is very similar to Super Meat Boy, and it's got that same arcadey feel of it's a very simple mission, survive. Right on, right on. You brought up a lot of good things, especially with uh, platformers and things like this, and it just reminded me... Um, I don't know if you saw that Sega had a big sale, and also with the Mario Kart, and they released their Sega Kart for like 99 cents or something, so I picked that up, but I haven't tried it. But what I did try was the Sega CD, Sonic CD, Mm. and that played really well. Really? Ah, my goodness. You had mentioned, uh, you know, uh, Sonic CD on the last episode, so I thought, well... PlayStation 3 I've been playing, yeah. I, I see, but I didn't try it on there. I tried it on my iPad, and... What do you know? It really, I got further on there than I ever did when I had for the uh, actual Sega CD. And so, it's got the digital uh, D-pad and buttons and everything? Or? It does. Wow. And yet, I was able to do it. And I don't remember any point where I had a problem fumbling with the, with the digital joystick like I do on uh, you know, Rally X and things like this. Let's not go, let's not get sour. Let's get right into the council of video game quazillionaires. 
In uh, honor of our third annual co-op for kids, in honor of our season three of We Talk Games, we have three questions put before the council, and each one of the three questions has a limit of three answers, although we only mentioned that we would only have three answers for the first question. So, and I I actually have five answers for the first question. So, uh, but I have three for the other ones, I think. But those other extra answers you have are going to be cut because you have to get cut as well. Hey. Well, uh, I didn't we know you were supposed see. to get three. I only got one for some of these. What? Yeah, so do I. You're not, in, you're well, not alone on that Well, one. then there you go. I can make up the other three for you. No. There so you let's go. start from the top, uh, shall we? Uh, this, these are questions picked from a hat. Oh, were, were they? Yeah. <laughs> We're posed to the uh, We Talk Games Council of Millionaires so that we could tell you, the listening audience, what you should think as well. Because you can obviously not think for yourselves. So let let us begin. Wow. We're the professionals here. Well, it was nice knowing you, We we Talk Games audience. We get paid. We get paid to do this type of stuff. You're just amateurs. That's a bold lie. I still think we all send each other a dollar, and then we yes. say we're professional we are game profe- reviewers. That's right. <laughs> hey, that's what they did at Game Fan. Now, so let's begin here. While Pac-Man two, tw- well, let me start over. While Pac-Man twenty six hundred, ET twenty six hundred, and of course Superman sixty four for the N sixty four reigns supreme. What are the t- well? You forgot Aquaman for the Xbox. Oh what, God, yeah. What are the top? I mean, I mean, the hat forgot them. Right. Uh, what are the top three worst games that you accidentally either accidentally bought or you just bought it uh, under the pretenses that it was supposed to be good, or it had uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger in it, so you thought it was be good. <laughs> no, it always got Wiggly. It always got hooked by Arnold. Yeah, or the Power Rangers, but. Uh, well, uh, I've got three. Uh, Sonic for the Game Gear uh, I nope. bought. Uh, and I bought a Game Gear as well. And this was like a couple of years ago, like maybe three, four, five years ago. I bought it while I was still in college. I, I, I was the happiest boy in the land for like 20 minutes before I actually got the Game Gear home and turned it on. And then I was like, oh, so this is why my mother bought me a Game Boy instead. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, you know, I, it didn't work, and I, I started playing it, and uh, you know, I couldn't see a thing. Uh, <laughs> you know, it was like, oh, I'm trying to think. It's like a Turner painting or something. It was just washes of color, you know, and um, I couldn't see it. I couldn't play it. So. Now, did you put batteries in it? Yeah, I had to go. Down. Oh. That's the thing. I, I, I got back and uh, I threw in like I had to go into the shop and buy like I think it was eight batteries or something. That was wrong it did take there. a lot of batteries. <laughs> yeah. And I'm sitting there holding this, you know, lethal weapon with all the weight that was in it. I, I, I don't know. It was the Forbidden Fruit, though. You know, when I was a kid, I had a Game Boy, and I used to look at that and I'd look at the links and I'd be like. Mm. Oh man, everybody, the grass is greener on the other side, sure, you know? Sure. And I know that I look at it, I'm just like, it was greener because there was more manure on the other side. <laughs> <you know? laughs> yeah, the, the scan lines on the, on the uh, game, uh, on the game gear weren't quite as bad as the ones on the links. But yeah. it, you're right, it just, it felt cheap. And, uh, I mean, if you're a tremendous fan of the Master System, well, the, then you had a portable Master System. 
But, you know, I, I don't think it was really the right time for that system. I don't know how it did compared to Lynx. I'd I love think to my know. parents considered leaving me at the mall uh, because of the amount of batteries I burned through with my game gear trying to play the Shining Force game that uh, was on there. Right, sure. <laughs> because uh, Shining Force, not exactly a game that's short, and uh, yeah. <laughs> Game Gear, not really holding on to that battery life anytime soon. <laughs> and I remember them getting very... What do you? How many batteries does that thing need? <laughs> You're out of... We just bought you a pack. No, no. No, we're not going to the store and getting any batteries. Forget it. <laughs> and I'm like, well, you give me the wall charger. And they're like, we're not getting you a wall charger. <laughs> you could have used your Genesis wall charger. That was the, I think. I didn't have a Genesis. Oh. Yeah. No. Well, let me just uh, let me just bring this up, too, and we'll get to, to your other two tops, top bottoms. But uh, m- just thinking about the Lynx, I had the Lynx uh, portable battery. And I don't know if you've heard me tell the story before, but it, it, I think it either took C's or D's, and you honestly had to wear it around your, your body like a bandolier. It was like a purse. <laughs> it had a long strap like a purse that you had to wear around your like neck, you know, across your chest, because it was so heavy. It was this giant, I still have it. It's just giant lantern battery. <laughs> That you wear, you know, around your chest that you plug into your links, and it's uh, truly amazing. But I still play two-player uh, Rampart on that, and the the only good thing I will say about um, the, about the Game Gear, of course, uh, is Tom and Jerry. No, it would be uh, Sonic Carts was a game that you could hook up with the Game Gear Link, and that was actually a little bit of fun. Back then, you know, now it would be a choppy mess. But back then, when everything was choppy, like Thunderblade and, uh, oh, you know, all your other Genesis uh, <laughs> titles that were real choppy, um, it was it was kind of cool. But, yeah, the Game Gear, um, it was a system that I bought when it was like $15 because it just just wasn't the, the best system. But it was neat to have the uh, Master System adapter that you could shove your Master System carts in there. The TV tuner was like what made me want one as a kid. I was like, wow. You know? <laughs> I wanted that for the turbo, and, and it was just always too expensive. It was always like $150, $200 for the TV tuner. But I was like, but I could watch the news. <laughs> My game system. In Ireland, back in the day, there was two channels you could pick up with an antenna. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like, you could pick up the local news, and that was about like Sesame Street or something would have been on. (laughs) That's probably all I could have watched, the the local programming. I I just pictured watching Batman the Animated Series on the bus, and that shows you how contemporary it was. (laughs) But... Uh, I, I got two other games, and there's not real many stories through them. I think the Wipeout for the PSP and... um, I was like very nostalgic for the PlayStation, you know, Wipeout and Wipeout mm. 2097. Mm-hmm. I dug those games a lot, and I wanted to. I, get, I wanted to get the same feeling and the same kind of buzz from this game, but it just didn't happen. So I changed, exchanged it for Patapon, and I was just left oh. kind of flat because of it. It wasn't a bad game. It's just you know it wasn't the game it needed to be for me. Right. And it, the third game is a game I should love, but I don't. And that's Mad World, the the Wii Chainsaw mm. Fist game. Yeah, you're not uh, alone. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I was like, when I looked at it, I was like, it looks so cool. It's black and white with all the red blood effects. You know, it's got like a, a Sin City kind of vibe to it. It's got like, you know, all this kind of stuff going on. But whenever I'm playing it, I'm just kind of like, 
kind of depressed and bored, mm. you know? <laughs> Which is shocking because, as we know from previous episodes, you are a huge Greg Proops fan. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I watch I watch uh, Phantom Menace and <laughs> Whose Line Is It Anyway? And... <laughs> The only two things he's ever been in. That episode of Flight of the Concords he was in, I watched that a lot. Um, All those other stuff. Well, that. I apologize for something. Tangent. That's a big tangent. Did you pay full price for this as well? Because I did. Uh, No, I paid like seven euro for it. Okay. Kyle, did you get that? Did you pick that up new? I know. You know what? I rented that. Okay. but yeah, no, I did. I don't have that in my collection. That that is definitely one but I, I paid did for. play it because yeah. uh, you know everybody was so stoked about it. It's like finally a Wii title for adults, and it was yeah. more like finally a Wii title for adolescent boys who want to be adults. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. With all the cursing and the, the yeah, I don't know. It just it was trying too hard. You know, it suffered from the same thing that uh, what appears to uh, have happened to the Duke Nukem game that just came out, mm. which is. The audience it was atten- intended for found it just too immature, and the younger generation just didn't give a crap. Well, you know, because the younger generation that would have dug Mad World were playing their Xbox 360s, calling each other, you know, racial slurs and uh, homophobic terms. Yeah. So they're not playing the Wii. And then us, everybody on the panel who tried it, was like, this game's not for me either. Which just wasn't funny, and and it's funny because you mentioned Duke Nukem, the original, uh, was humorous, you know, that was humorous, Carmageddon was humorous, the announcers, uh, even for something else that I was thinking of, was a lot more humorous, Uh, but it just wasn't funny, it just wasn't funny, it was, it was, when people say gratuitous, I usually don't really think they know what that means, this was really just gratuitous because it just wasn't funny. Oh, it was a real bummer, you know, you're just sitting there going... Like, you're just being cruel, you know? Yeah. I don't know, it's just, it didn't work. But it was the announcing that really, that was the icing on the cake as far as how bad it was. Yeah. I, I mean, wasn't... I'd love, a, like, a running man game or something, you know? Yeah. Uh, that, oh, sorry, spoiling later uh, topic, it seems. <laughs> no, no, I, mine was Logan's Run, not... <laughs> Sweet. I knew, I knew that movie was going to get mentioned. <laughs> And Black. Soylent Green. That's another great... Uh, that would I be did so not fun. know that one was going to be mentioned. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's Soylent Green uh, game would be... Uh, it would be like... Um, what's that Waterworks game? <laughs> now nah, it'd be Burger Time, dude. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking about the, the game where, you know, you try to put the pipes, except that it would show Granny up top, and then you make the oh. pipes uh, go all the way to the bottom, and it comes out at uh, Crackers. Is that called pipe works or pipe? No, pipe dreams, uh, and it was it was named all different. Dreams, yeah, yes, all throughout. It would be his- like Burger Time because you'd have to show uh, Charlton Heston's uh, festive scarf. If you just like the little uh, the little chef, uh, he would be. He would be. That was everything. That was three. Okay, game gear yep. and the other. Okay, very good. Why don't I go next? Nah. Hey. Oh, okay. No, oh. you got five. Let Eric go. He's got one. <laughs> yeah, go ahead. No, on, this one I've got three for. Oh, very uh, good. Let's hear them. Well, sh- should I go in chronological or I go reverse? I go reverse. Right. Build up to the big one. Yeah. All right. Well, I think the big one's actually the middle one, so it's going to be an anticlimax either way. But All right. uh, I recently purchased, well, not recently. This was last year, basically right after this game came out. It was a game called 
enslaved journey to the West uh, for the Xbox 360. And I know right now Ralph Lewis is uh, calling me names because I know he really liked this game, but I I just didn't. Uh, and I really wanted to like this game. It's kind of a post-apocalypse meets uh, The Legend of the Monkey King. So it's kind of a third-person action game where you play monkey and there's a bunch of robots going around. And the, the problem with the game, and I, I played the demo and I had this problem with the demo, the combat's not very interesting and you can't fail at the platforming. Without the possibility of failure, the platforming becomes completely uninteresting. And that's a major part of the game is the platforming. But you can't make a, a wrong jump. You will never die when you're platforming. There's nothing that you can do that will screw up the platforming. So it's just like, I'm going through the motions here. And what is combat, it? It just force progresses you? When you yeah, you know, there'll, there'll be like uh, a bunch of contrived handholds that you can jump to. Uh, so you just and the 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 next one in the sequence is the only one you can try to. If you point monkey off in the wrong direction, press the jump button. He just stays attached to whatever he was attached to. And the 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 game is gorgeous, and the uh, actually the facial animation on it was great. I mean, the the two main characters are monkey and uh, this woman who enslaves him and uh, forces him to come along and protect her as they go through this post-apocalyptic countryside. They both come across as very real characters despite the fact that one of them is named Monkey and was raised in the wilderness and stuff. You really feel for them, like they're both in a bad situation. So the storyline kind of kept me going for a while, but after I'm just like, now i got to set this down. Hmm. Uh, it was just vastly disappointing to me. I know another one that you, you're going to say, Conan. <laughs> okay, well... That should have made this list, but I forgot it. I had, I had blocked that one. Yeah, that that was an awful pile of crap. That was really, you know, again, disappointment because Conan, you're you're like, hey, Conan is a third-person action game. Yeah. Why hasn't anyone come up with this idea before? Uh, and then they just get everything wrong about Conan. It's like Conan's using magic, which, I mean, if you ever read any of the Conan stories, it's like, dude, hated Magic. That was like one of his major <laughs> character traits. He hated magic and right. wizards. And by the end of this game, you're a wizard, and it's just oh. not not fun and not true to the character. Do That's, you punch a camel in the face? <laughs> <laughs> not not that I saw. Okay. Not that I saw. You punch a lot of people in the face. Yeah. But uh, all right, so that one wasn't one of my my three. So you can't hold it against. No, me. I'm not. Now we're at number two. <laughs> No matter Number which two, way you count it. For the Dreamcast, there was a game called D. It was oh. one of the orig- original survival horror games. Yeah. Uh, and I played this all the way through, so I didn't have to set it aside like Enslaved, but D was was horrible. Um, mm. The voice acting was horrible. The story was complete nonsense. <laughs> and there's just these, okay, these sequences that friends of mine from college and I still make fun of to this day, where... <laughs> The evil presence starts talking to your character, and he'll say, Laura, Laura. <laughs> and then your your character will look around everywhere but up, and every single time, the voice is coming from above her. <laughs> every time. You think by about the 20th time, she'd look up first, but No. Not a single time does she look up first. And it's the, some of the most irritating thing 
things I've ever had to deal with in a video game, and I just uh, couldn't. I regret wasn't, the time I put into that game. Wasn't that like two or three discs? Yeah, yeah, and it, yeah, and it was, I, I only only grown because I really liked that game, and I say that because I I purchased it and it's still in the cellophane on my shelf. <laughs> well, you're in for a treat when you finally open it, then. Because he's heartbroken today because he's just like, I was looking forward I've to that. saving that. <laughs> I've been saving that. Today's and, the and, day I unwrap it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm saving that and Mr. Bones. Uh, no, no, D, give it a give it a pass. Wasn't uh, D2? D2 came out, though, I thought. I, w- I learned my lesson and didn't buy it. <laughs> All right, what's the big, what's the big number one? Big number one, I got a Saturn the year I started college. Okay, I got to hear what you didn't like for this. Uh, Robotica. Have you played this game? Uh, no. Okay, so Robotica is a first-person shooter that came out in the mid-90s uh, that wasn't called Doom or Quake or any or Duke Nukem. It wasn't Still called any of those. Right Yep, it was horrible. <laughs> uh, bad frame rate, bad graphics. Worst part of it all, you're a robot. Your enemies are robots, so there's no storyline to this at all. <laughs> there's nothing personal. There's no arc. There's just, like, faceless enemies that are shooting at a faceless protagonist, and it was just truly boring. One of the worst games I've ever had the misfortune of purchasing. And did you uh, buy a new Oh, yeah. Yep, Full I was price. all excited. Hey, first-person shooter, just like my friends are playing on their super awesome PCs. <laughs> nope. Not like that at all. The Saturn did have a lot of muddy games in America. Yeah. I mean, there were good games on the Saturn, don't get me wrong. It's just there were some really bad games on it, too. Yep. All right, uh, Kyle, what do you got? Oh, I thought you were going. Oh, I'm going to go. Ready? Okay. All right. All right, so does everyone remember Battle Arena Toshenden? Yeah, yes. it was great yeah, was when it great came out. Great game, right? Well, I played it a year in advance. That was awesome. Yeah, um, playing it on the Game Boy, not so much. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, and I spent hard-earned birthday money on Battle Arena Toshinden for the Game Boy, <laughs> the original Game Boy. I know. Yeah, you wow. stamped my forehead with ass <laughs> when I was seven years old. <laughs> but it was all chibi uh, and stuff. It, uh, don't get me wrong. The chippiness was cool, but well, no, I'm sorry. Stop. Pump the brakes. It's cool now in retrospect. When yeah. I was a seven-year-old kid, uh, or I, I was probably eight, expecting Battle Arena Toshenden in I, a portable form. Chibi was not cool. I can um, I can appreciate that. The fact that I couldn't like understand how to pull off any move also not cool. Um, why I didn't put two and two together, like you know. Spinach green, colored screen, two buttons, D-pad, original Game Boy. This is not going to work. I was duped. I saw the box art. I'm like, it's got to be Battle Arena Toshenden. Uh, so it most certainly was not. And I've talked previously about horrible games I've been given as gifts in the past, Journey to Escape and Naughty Bear. But these particular games I actually was duped into buying. So that's probably the worst of the three, although the other two aren't so great either. Uh, and they both fall on the uh, Super Nintendo. And the first one is uh, Young Merlin for Super Nintendo. I don't know if anyone mm. played this. Yeah, I remember it. I never okay, played so it. Okay, so I was 
So remember Funkoland, uh, which is today's GameStop or any other type of game franchise you had at the time. Funkoland yeah. was like, yeah, Funkoland was like this new thing where you could buy used games and try it before you buy it and stuff like that. Why? Well, I did try it before I buy it. I, I went to the, the store. I must have been, again, 10, 11, 12. I'm looking for an RPG. Uh, I just played Zelda. I uh, thought that was awesome on the Super Nintendo. So I go to the guy behind the counter and I go, you know, I, I really dug Zelda. I want to play another game like that. And he hands me <laughs> Young Merlin. Now, for the, those of you who don't know, Young Merlin is like, he wasn't too far off. It's like if in the 90s, a French software company decided that they were going to completely rip off Zelda. Okay. But they only ripped off Zelda by looking at the back of the box. <laughs> That's basically how they pulled this game out. It's a super duper linear top down view adventure game where you fight monsters and collect gems and all of these other things. But it's so contained in this small little world. And the visual uh, style of it, it w- is that of like a European game, which isn't taking any credit from European games. Braid is a European game that has that visual style that I'm talking about. Like, there's a very specific European look to games that are, are, are created in Europe. The way, just like the Japanese games have their own type of look, and American sure. games are all about guns and shooting people in the face. I think um, the, the distinctive European look you're talking about is very evident in the, the CDI Zelda games. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you're you're right though. Like, <laughs> all kidding aside, yes. So it, it's it's that which, you know, when you're 12 and you're looking at the box and you got you know somebody who's older than you saying, oh, if you like Zelda, you'll like this game. It's probably just trying to off you know some <laughs> bad shelf rot on me. <laughs> uh, you trust them, and then you go back home and you're like, wow, this game sucks. So then you return it to Funkoland, and you only get, like, a quarter of what you spent <laughs> on it. Um, so I learned real early in my gaming life to hate those stores. Um, but yeah, Young Merlin, I would steal it, emulate it. I'm advocating that. Check it out for yourself. <laughs> and, and see how bad it is. It's not, it's not abundantly horrible. It's a game that when you plug it into your system, it turns on and works. But it's not fun. It's not fun to play at all. <laughs> and the last one for the Super Nintendo, which Steve Vanderlaski, if by any chance you're listening, hit me up on wetalkgames.com. But damn you to hell for telling me to buy this game, uh, Claymates. Claymates is like this action platformer that came out alongside Clay Fighter. Uh-huh. And um, somehow... Steve Vanderlaski hyped this game up so much in my mind that I thought it was going to be so much better than it actually was. Steve was the friend when I was younger who actually had a Sega Master System. Uh, and he was my Sega friend. And he also had a Sega Genesis. And he, then he got a Super Nintendo and he was raving about this game, Claymates, that he said was like Kid Chameleon. So Kid Chameleon was cool to us when we were younger because sure. you put on different lists and change into different characters who had different abilities. And he said, you do the same thing. Uh, you're a little piece of clay and then you jump into a different color and you turn into different clay beings. You're a cat, you're you know, a bird, you're this, Mouse. you're that. Mouse. Sound really cool. Visually... It's very interesting because it's got that claymation look about it, like clay fighters. The controls are uh, kind of okay. They work, 
but the level design is just your like cookie cutter crap mm-hmm. platform design it's there's these platform bits where you have to get your way to the top and if you make the wrong jump you fall all the way down to the bottom and uh you got to start all over again you know those type of things just your your atypical garbage and there wasn't anything really like clay fighters when that came out it's a fighting game Mm. with claymation and at that time people bag on that game now and people also bag on killer instinct but for those for that time those were you know exciting games this was like do 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 child's game child's game it was like so like play school and even being 12 and playing i felt like insulted you know i was just like this is like a real kid what is steve vandalaski talking about uh so yeah so i did not enjoy that game and notable mention also spent hard-earned cash i believe snow shoveling on rocco's modern life for the super oh, Nintendo, which good, good intentions though because that cartoon was great Exactly, right? I mean, <laughs> I was duped by the cartoon. And if you looked at the back of the box, which, again, I did, it looked like the cartoon. Graphically, it looked like the cartoon, but unplayable because you didn't know what you could land on and what you couldn't. So you'd think you could land on a, you know, the top of that palm tree and you'd fall right through. But in a later level, there was a tree that you could land on. And then you're trying to, like, hurt your dog. It was just a nightmare. So notable mention, Rocco's Modern Life for the Super Nintendo. I'm sure your logic was such that you were there going, way well, I mean, Spider-Verse to Spider-Work for me, and that was like... <laughs> <laughs> I still stand behind that game. I enjoyed it. <laughs> you are playing a cartoon on your Game Boy with that one. Yes. Okay, well, Mayan, uh, I wanted to just list all the, the WCW games I ever purchased. Uh, <laughs> Ooh, but <laughs> I, I forgot about those. I would have done that, too. I only really paid full price for Mayhem, let, and that was... Let me save that ass stamp for you, for buying those. <laughs> <laughs> but I think I paid like $60 for Mayhem for the N64, and oh my gosh, when I got home, I, I honestly, I mean, I wanted to throw myself under a train. I mean, I could not believe <laughs> that I spent i was like oh my gosh i i think i went on like a hunger strike after that it was it was just awful i you had plywood ramps as your audience um the characters were made out of like q-tips that were held together with scotch tape it was terrible the same the same fireworks animation for whatever character came out and i'll sum it up with, with one name Bobby Duncan Jr. It <laughs> says it all right there. Well, there's the thing. That game, remember the ads for it? Like, they showed gold. Yeah. Spearing, like, people in mole capture suits through walls and stuff, you I, know? Well, it's his giant face coming. I said, how could this be bad? Yeah. <laughs> and then, you know, like, my mother bought me that for Christmas one year. A deer came out, I guess. Uh-huh. And um, I forced myself to love it. Because <laughs> it was the Christmas present my mother bought me, and it was WCW, and you know I was like a huge wrestling fan, and I had to, I had to like it. You know, well, that's yeah. something the younger audience has to realize is that for I believe largely all of us, 
when you got a game, that was it for like at least six months, if not a year. Sure. So when so when we're when we're griping about these crap games, I mean, when the, uh, Eric played some more contemporary games, but when you got like a bad Nintendo game or a bad Sega game or a bad Super Nintendo game, you were stuck with it. So you yep. would just keep playing it and you hating yourself. yourself and hating the game. <laughs> you're sitting there putting a hundred hours into Todd's Adventures in Slime World, and you're like, ah, oh, man. Yeah, I was playing yes. Predator, but I, you know, I was uh, <laughs> I was out living on my own, and I, I mean, honest to goodness, I put this N64. I was sweating after I played this for like three minutes. I was sweating with like, oh my god, what am I going to do? <laughs> What am I going to do with my life? I don't know how to get out of this. Uh, but that, that I want to say that game, but I'm not going to say that uh, because I just threw that one away. One game that uh, disappointed me greatly and I paid full price for another title was Ultraman. I was, for the Super Nintendo, I was so pumped about this game. I saw it in the magazine and I was like, oh my gosh, I'm going to fight Red King. I'm going to fight Baltan. This is great. 1960s Hayata, the Space Patrol. I'm going to be fighting all these monsters just like the arcade game in Japan. It looks just like it. And then we got... Oh, and then one I, of five Americans excited for this game. <laughs> Probably. And then I paid full price for it. I was working at, at KB at the time. I was working at the toy store I bought it from. And I put it in, and it's the Australian Ultraman Great Toward the Future. And it has all these monsters I never even heard of. And let's face it, I don't know if you've ever played this, but it's, it's like playing uh, 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 Fighting Street. You know, Street Street Fighter One. It it controls horribly, and it, it's a rough game because it's cheap, and you're moving like you know, a, I don't know what what you're moving like a, a terrible thing. You're not. You're moving. It's just it's it's horrible in control. But then I didn't even get to play as Ultraman. I was this new Ultraman great, and and all these giant monsters I, I never heard of, and it was just it broke my heart. And I was like, why is this button on his chest a triangle? I don't understand what's going on. And then you know it was a tie-in with with the release of uh, the televised Australian Ultraman television show that was coming out. So that was incredibly disappointing uh, to me. There was another game that I waited years for, for the Atari Jaguar, that I just could not wait to come out. And I believe I bought the controller for it about six, seven months before the game came out. They made a special (laughs) controller for it, the six-button controller with the uh, top uh, shoulder buttons as well. And I bought that gimmick, and I just could not wait for this game to come out. I read about it so many times, and back then you had to read about it on, like, um, um, bulletin boards, you know. (laughs) You use AOL to get on news groups and print it out on your your roller printer, and uh, read the giant long sheets, uh, you know, the Declaration of Independence uh, sheets of uh, news group information. And I would save them. I would staple them together. I was like, oh my gosh, it's going to be better than Virtua Fighter. You could do all these other different types of moves that Virtua Fighter could never do. It's going to be better than Tekken, and it has all these texture maps, and it's going to blow everything away. And the camera zooms all around. And the game, of course, was Fight for Life. <laughs> and I wanted to fight for my own life after seeing this because I took a bottle of pills after I bought this. It was like $65. And I was sweating. 
And I was like, oh my God, I just opened this. The cellophane is still laying on the floor. This game is so new. Everything <laughs> is listening so, back at him. The, the, the instruction <laughs> manual is, you know, like, it's just ironed. It's amazing. And I have it in my system. It's and I'm like, fine crest. oh my God, what is this on my television? The, not, I was like, am I the camera? What am, am what am I? Am I, <laughs> I didn't know what was going on. I was like, is the cartridge not in right? Are some of the pixels not, you know, are some of the polygons not being drawn in? The texture, it's broken. Uh, um, if there's any video of this out there, um, it's probably by someone that's already killed themselves and they're long gone. If you fight for life footage. Exactly. It was supposed to, I was like reading the story. It's like, oh my God, these souls are fighting to not go to hell. This is going to be awesome. And it was just, the, it was the most horrible thing I've ever seen. You know, pop up in, in uh, like Namco and early PlayStation games, you'd have pop up? No. It was when the, the game system wasn't powerful enough to draw polygons way in the background. So as you'd drive down the street, oh, you'd okay, see like yeah. giant mountains and buildings pop up. That was called oh, pop-up. Yeah, right. yeah, well, this was like watching an entire fighting game made of pop-up. <laughs> and it's like you're, you're fighting and all of a sudden I'm in their nose. What? <sighs> I thought you were going to say Kasumi Ninja. I love that game. That, now, see, there's, <laughs> there's a game that will tie in with the, my future questions if I could have thought of that. Both that and... Uh, Ultra Vortec. You could do a finishing move and you turn your opponent into a piece of poop. That sounds appetizing. I loved it! Uh, but ult- <laughs> I was like the only person I liked uh, fight, uh, Ultra Vortec. And so that sh- tells you how bad Fight for Life was. Uh, if you like, if Ultra Vortec is like an award winning game compared to that. And of course, wow. my third most biggest regret, the worst game ever that I accidentally bought. I saved opening this uh, until my friend came down to visit and his uh, girlfriend, uh, his fiance at the time, and I could not wait to bust this open. I paid about two or three hundred dollars for this. I'm of course talking about the PlayStation Move and its entire launch library. <laughs> and, I, and I was telling you as you were opening it, you probably should just leave it sealed and return it because I don't think this is going to turn out well. It was. Uh, oh my gosh, I was sweating. It was bad. <laughs> I was trying to seppuku myself with the with the giant magic wand. It was just it was what it was a turn for seppuku anyways. It was pink at the time. <laughs> <laughs> was, uh, and I and I got the eye toy pet. I mean, I, and we're trying to I move this. Trying to kick it. We're, we're moving the sofa back, and I'm like bringing lamps down from the attic to try to light this camera right. The iPad is floating around and on the ceiling. Yes. He's, he's, oh. the, the chair game is what topped it, and we've talked about it a couple times now. Oh my god! On the last pe- past couple episodes, but that chair game oh my was gosh. by far the worst. <laughs> oh. That rolling chair on the, oh. the office chair oh, racing game. It was yeah, just so bad. it was just so bad. I also want to give an honorable mention. I didn't purchase this game, but when I played in the arcade, I couldn't wait to play Bionic Commando. And I was like, where the, where the hell am I running in slow motion? Where's my eye where I could zoom in on people or here with a dee 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 dee? I was like, this is not anyone that's Bionic. He's shooting a freaking claw out of his arm. This is horrible. 
So that was uh, disappointing for me. I like that one. I know, but I was expecting... <laughs> you have to understand, I'm older than you guys. I was expecting, you know, Steve Austin and Jamie Summers, or at least a bionic dog or something, you know? And <laughs> these people aren't bionic at all. I don't understand what's going on here. All right, the second question posed to the council, and now that we've... <laughs> almost exhausted all of our time for this episode it sort of ties in with this what games that we like that most people do not and uh, what games do we not like that most people do i didn't understand this question i got it wrong well do you want me to go first i got us sure all right well yeah i'll start with the ones i like first okay um, that most people don't yeah people like i've had kind of you know when i say i like the people are like what Mm. You on on day away from the hospital or something, <laughs> but no, I like these games. Uh, Mirror's Edge is the first one. Not a lot of people like Mirror's Edge. Yeah, I can see that. Uh, I'm interested in that. I don't know. It's. I think it's very kind of. I don't know. I like. It's more so the atmosphere in it that I like. Than sure. Anything, you know? uh, cool music and it looks kind of cool and all that. I'm sure I'm gonna get a bit of a bit of backlash for this, but the. Uh, Turtles in Time HD that came out in the Xbox there. Oh, God. I hate it. <laughs> John, John, I still like you despite your bad choice in games. <laughs> oh, wait. You like oh, that thanks. one. Wait, you yeah, like yeah, that? Yeah, he likes it. Oh. We're not... We've, we're past worst games we accidentally bought. We're talking about games we like that other people don't. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. I like that game. Okay. And uh, Super Mario Sunshine. You like or don't like that one? I do like Super Mario I like Sunshine. it as well. Yeah, yeah. I like the little jetpack thing you got, and you know, I don't know it's fun. I think it's always fun to ride around on a jetpack. If you're a guy with a jetpack and a massive OCD complex, that's the game for you. Yeah, well, cleaning everything up. And all. Yep, it's a game about cleaning. Yeah, it's like nobody, like if anybody had said that out loud during the development process, they would have said, "Oh." Oh, wait, no, we shouldn't do this. Actually, that seemed to be a, a theme, because uh, Luigi's Mansion is something similar, you know? Yeah, it's got a vacuum cleaner, right? Yeah. That is weird. <laughs> <laughs> I never thought of that. The games I don't like that everybody loves, mm-hmm. uh, all the Final Fantasies. Um, <laughs> <laughs> right. uh, the whole lot of them. I played the one where you go to the moon on your re- recommendation, Wiggly. Yes! Uh, that was kind of fun, but it, at the same time, it's not as fun as Final Fight or <laughs> uh, Bayonetta or ISS Pro 98 or games I like. You know why it wasn't fun for you? Because I ruined the best part where you go to the moon. <laughs> I would have never played it if I hadn't known you were going to go to the moon. <laughs> but uh, anyway, um, yeah, all of those games... Then Asteroids, okay, the the arcade game. Uh, unplayable as far as I'm concerned. Oh! Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I will say this, incredibly difficult to yeah, control. Yeah. I mean, I've played the arcade cabinet. I don't like it. Uh, everything, I can see why some people would. And I like watching people who can play it, play it. Because it's a vector game, and I love all all vector games because mm-hmm. of the way they look. Because mm-hmm. vector graphics are where it's at. Okay? Yeah. But, it, no. Uh, sorry. <laughs> uh, final one. People call this game revolutionary. They call this, you know, like, good. And, sure, maybe. 
I don't know. I, it depressed me. I went around wishing I was watching films that it was referencing as it would be the Grand Theft Auto 3. Um, mm. It's a bummer. You, it just turns you into people you don't, uh, you wouldn't ever want to be in real life. You're just going around mowing people over and it looks junk and it's just not fun. <laughs> so if you like any of those games and you're like all angry about it, I, I'm not a hard man to find. <laughs> he will those, fight you. He will yeah. fight you about these those games. Got, those GTA games, they got better as they went along. Oh, they did. They definitely yeah. did. If you grew up and you went from Pong to Asteroids, I think you'd have a, a different appreciation for it. <laughs> uh, yeah, I grew up, but there were better games in Asteroids. Than sure. Time. Yeah, it's. I I would see how that's uh, difficult to go back to. But Again, though, gorgeous thought, and I love, the, I love what Asteroids is... In one way, but I don't ever want to play it. <laughs> I've brought people to a Barcade in Brooklyn, and they have an Asteroids machine there. And it's like almost hypnotic. Like people see it, and they're just like, I don't know. It's not something that's verbalized, but you can see when people look at it, especially people I've brought who have never, like, they haven't experienced a vector game before, and they look at it. And then they try to play it, and then that dream just dies because it's very <laughs> difficult to play. But yeah. visually, it's it's stunning still to oh, this day, yeah. especially because it's a, it's very low lit place. So that vector is just assaulting your eyes. That bl- you know that the white lights it draws you to it, and then you lose your quarter, and then you walk away, <laughs> Dig Dug or Miss Pac Man or something else. I don't know. I do very well at that game. See, I guess because that's that's uh, like I said, that's you're old. I am old. I, am. I played games where you're actually using a real helicopter to fly around <laughs> in a glass box. That, that was that's what was. Uh, I mean, that was the Back best. In my day, video game effects were practical. to go inside the <laughs> this is the first first week right, right, right. that ends with a fist fight. Yeah, my yeah, favorite yeah. game was uh, was a puppet of Popeye dancing when you put a quarter. <laughs> okay, okay, I I played that too. That was a great game. I'll tell you. Uh, what do you got, Kyle? We'll go to you, Kyle. Well, good because I'm real quick. I only have one of each. So a game uh, franchise that people like that I don't. And this is not going to be a shocker for most of our audience, but it, you got to give it credit where credit's due. Is the Gears of War franchise? Mm. Uh, I have a lot of friends around me. Ralph, again, being one of them, who uh, praises this franchise and says how great it is. And in a weird way, I do owe Gears of War some credit because that's actually how I got to know Ralph. But that's another right. story for another day. Right. But I can't get into it. And I've played a lot of shooters. You can look at my trophies on PSN. I played through Killzone, all right? And I didn't really enjoy it, but I played it anyway because <laughs> I had it. People loan me these Gears of War games, and it's just not fun to me. It's too broski. You know, everybody was like, oh, the second one's got such a twist. Nah, not really. I've seen it before in a million different movies, video games, and, uh, you know, TV shows, daytime dramas. Uh, the guy's wife dies. Big deal. Uh, oh, so like, oh, did I spoil that for people? Now I still have that in cellophane. I still have that in cellophane. Try to return it if you can. <laughs> Not a fan of this franchise. A lot of people dig it, and I can respect that. I can respect that Cliff Polinski has made a lot of money off the franchise and that it is popular. 
I'm just I, I can't get into it. I get into it less even less than the Call of Duty franchise, which I've dabbled in. You know, I, I'm not a big fan of the franchise, but I've at least dabbled in and had some sort of enjoyable experiences from. That game is just not fun for me. You know, mm-hmm. for many, many, many other people it is, but for me it's not. One game that I like that most people who have ever seen me play it, especially back in the day, or that I told I liked, it either said, uh, never heard of it, or that game is boring, or, you know, I bought that by accident, was uh, Ogre Battle March of the Black Queen for PlayStation 1. And I know there's fans out there, but I, I hate to break it to you guys, you are the minority, because most people who have seen me play this game are like, this is not fun. But I'm coming from an era, uh, you know, I'm coming from the gaming background of I played a lot of Shining Force with that turn-based strategy. strategy. Yeah. yeah, so you place the pieces on the map and you move them around, they fight each other, and there's objectives, and you try to win the battle. Final Fantasy Tactics, I've had friends who've played Shining Force and Final Fantasy Tactics, and I've, I'm like, oh, well, then you'll probably like this uh, Ogre Battle, March of the Black Queen game. And they're like, no, no, I do not. It is not a fun <laughs> game. So that's... Well, and I, for me, again, I'm coming from a different uh, gaming uh, background or gaming experience history where I can't connect with them. So it's funny, like, you know, it's just how we perceive games. So, like, the Final Fantasy games, immensely popular, but for John, it's just not his flavor. And Gears of War, not my flavor, but for other people, uh, Ogre Battle, not their flavor e- either. So that's where I'm, you know, those are my two picks. That's all I had. I'll go next, and then Eric Alex can wrap it up with his one game. <laughs> How many games do you have? I got have two. Here? I thought okay, of another good. one. Okay, good. Let me let me go first. Uh, what games do I like that most people do not? Uh, Ultraman for the Super Nintendo. <laughs> I like that game, and no one else has ever heard of it. So, I, even though that's, well, I regret it buying it, I still played it over and over and over again to try to get to the end and win that. And it's that that's so reminiscent of the PlayStation Three right now. I mean, I have the A list games on the shelf. I have um, God of War Three still in the wrapper. I have. Um, the the second episode of that resistance yeah. too yeah sure. and, but yet um i'm sitting on the couch playing like snake ball and like the the minis <laughs> yeah <laughs> all right no the minis that you download you know the 90 the ones that you get for free and i'm like why am i playing this for a half hour and you know i have these a titles i just sometimes you just get hooked into these horrible horrible games speaking of the most realistic that uh, other people did not like toe ball number 1 i really enjoyed this game squaresoft's first uh, foray into a fighting game i loved the uh, the character design it was you know akira toriyama i even liked the quest mode which if they thought it was okay they Everyone hated the quest mode, and I enjoyed that. It was a just a first-person dungeon where you take your little character through and fight the same polygons over and over and over again, but you can unlock some of them. And so I thought that was really neat and uh, had nice, really nice backgrounds. If you ever go back through and play this, it's a little sluggish. It's not as responsive as you like, but it still holds up. It's one of the few polygon games that are still going to hold up. Why? Because they didn't try to texture map everything. They tried to make things cylindrical because the character design was done so well. They used garage shading, so you don't have these crappy-looking, pixely texture maps in mud. You actually have very colorful-looking characters, and they work because it was designed for the PlayStation 1 
it looks good. You know, it looks like polygons fighting each other, but they look round uh, in comparison to. It's like uh, Virtua Fighter One looks a lot better than Bushido Blade. Yeah, because the, you know yeah. it, it was a limited color palette they did for mm. Virtua Fighter. Yeah, and they try to shade everything and make it realistic on Bushido Blade. You go back, you you can't stand playing Bushido Blade, but Virtua Fighter at least you can play. Right, exactly. But uh, the Tobal Number One, it had a really neat push and shove grappling mechanic to it. Uh, that was uh, very unique to the fighting genre at the time. So you, you could actually uh, lock up with someone, push back and forth, and when you gain the upper hand in the push, then you could do different moves like trips and a lot of judo type of things that I think you would like, um, uh, John. I don't yeah, know if you certainly. ever played this. No, I haven't. Well, get to ball number two. It's going to be Japanese only, but it's much better. It's much more improved. And the reason to ball number one actually sold well, pretty is a lot of people own this, but they never played it. It was because it had a Final uh, Final Fantasy VII demo in it that people were just playing, and that's why uh, this game sold well in Japan and it also sold uh, some in the states. But if you get to do to ball number two, that is a much better dungeon area. Plus, you can save the. Dun- dungeon along the way you couldn't save the dungeon into ball number one if you died you had to start the entire dungeon all over and that wasn't it wasn't incredibly um you know complex but the other neat thing into ball number two is almost every thing that you fight in the dungeon you get to play as in so there's over 200 playable characters in this game So, you know, it's really, really amazing, the second one. Uh, my last game that I like that nobody else likes well, first let me say I, I didn't really read this question right as far as what games do people like that I don't like. I didn't have anything ready for that. So my third game, that uh, a games that I like that nobody else likes, is uh, Fight Drunk 3D. <laughs> the game that I, I gifted to Kyle. I also, you are correct. I also nobody gifted, else likes that game. <laughs> I also gifted it to... Uh, to Jaden, and he was like, "I don't know why, you know, he gifted it to me." Uh, but I, this game is the first game that I bought on the iPad that I laughed till I cried for about a half hour to forty minutes. Um, this game is based on the engine by um, Gravity Sensation, and you can get this for your PC as a screensaver. And I think the full game is. Um, not too expensive, but it used to be called uh, Sumo Tori Dreams. And what it was was sort of this drunken sumo wrestling physics game where you don't really, the, the, the whole gimmick with this is not really to play the game. It's to watch your sumo wrestlers stumble around because they're completely smashed. And uh, the original one, the PC one, was I was wish they would have carried over the look of that because it's just these Harlequin, uh, triangly looking boxes that are sumo wrestling each other drunk. Um, it sort of looks like those Chinese, the the same pattern on those Chinese uh, finger handcuffs. You know that hatchwork with the the, yeah. the the diamonds and stuff like that, and a bamboo yeah. argyle, if you will. Yeah, it, that's yeah, what yeah. the sumatory <laughs> sumatory dreams is. Your sumo wrestlers is that, but when they brought it to the the iPhone and the iPad, for some reason they they put, <laughs> I guess it's sort of like Gerard shading. They made it like a polygon type of thing, and they had to call it Fight Drunk 3D, I guess, to not be offensive to sumo wrestling, which is actually very. Um, 
you know, a, a very no, a very noble thing in Japan. So I guess they wanted to get oh, okay. you know a better world. Uh, and the outcomes are just as predetermined as professional wrestling. Yeah, on, yeah. on fight, oh, on sumo wrestling. Okay, well, real sumo wrestling. Well, yeah. we don't need to get into that. Okay, <laughs> but, well, I'm just saying. But I, I got to <laughs> tell you, if you enjoy watching bloopers of people falling down, you're going to love Fight Drunk 3D. I, I don't know why you don't like this guy. I think it's the most. I mean, if you're trying to play I'm it, I'm glad I didn't buy it because it is very funny. But I would have never. Well, down you, you don't point. play this. You don't play. The only thing that you do no. basically is put your both knuckles down on the mat. If you know anything about sumo wrestling, you know, these guys bend over. And as soon as everybody has their knuckles on the mat, that's when you, you go towards each other and try to either knock someone down or push them out of the ring. Right. So you have very simplistic controls. One is to try to move forward, or I should say stumble forward and fall over if you miss your opponent. Uh, the other one is to try to do one uh, hand slap, and the other one is to do the multi-hand slap uh, like you see in Street Fighter and things like this. But the funniest part of this is after someone loses. And that's them trying to get up. Continues to fall too. Them trying to get up to bow to each other to end this thing could take twenty minutes (laughs) because they try to get up and then they just fall off the stage. And you know you've seen the animations they go through, but what it is, it's robot physics as a ragdoll. They're actually, it's actual. I mean, when they get up, the one move that they do is they split their their legs out and then they push their body up. It's the exact way that my Ibo got up, you know, that $2,000 uh, robot dog from Sony. That's the exact way it would put its back legs out to the side, and then it would roll up on its hand. So these are actual, like, robot physics with that ragdoll type of thing. I don't like, I don't really like ragdoll games. I don't care. Watch the video for it. Um, but I, I seriously, um, it's a, it's a fun toy. <laughs> exactly. It's not really a game, but um, it's, I the like best. when they, um, they kind of like windmill, like they don't do a full windmill, but they, it's sort of like the whoa. Cause I've had the guy like I'm not, I guess it's not on one foot, but his arms are extended to either side and yeah, he rocks yeah. back and forth. And yeah. and and then they're, they're trying to get up on the ground and then they just hurl themselves back with a completely straight, flanked out like like a board and just uh it's it's fun and they they smash themselves through the billboards that are around and there's tables outside the ring and they'll go through that just by themselves the funniest thing about it kyle is that now you know that after you do a match you can restart right away or quit right away the original game did not allow you to quit until both of the sumos bowed to each other. And like I said, oh, that could see, take like 15 That, that ruins the gimmick then, because that would have been very funny to sit there and wait for this thing. I know. <laughs> I know. I, I was like, I love this now, but imagine if I really had to wait to watch all this stuff that most people probably fast forward through and think that this is a shit, crappy game. Right. Pardon me. Yeah. Um, but uh, Fight Drunk 3D. So that's that. And Eric wow. Alex. Uh, well, I don't know if I can follow up Flight Drunk 3D. Uh, <laughs> I think but, any game uh, could. <laughs> I really like a, a little game called A Legend of Zelda 2. Oh, yeah! <laughs> Ain't nothing wrong with that. <laughs> I Well, not according to everyone else I've ever talked to about the game. I, I really like it. Uh, side-scrolling Legend of Zelda, but it 
you know, it wasn't exactly like all the other Legend of Zelda games, so eh, everybody hates it, except for me. Well, uh, I gotta agree with you there, and I just thought of a game that everyone likes that I hate, and I absolutely hate the first Legend of Zelda. Really? Hate it. I, wow. I, Without uh, looking it up, how do you ever know to blow that whistle in front of the waterfall? That was just okay. that was built into the game to force kids to buy Nintendo Power. <laughs> well, yeah, okay, but still, the mechanics of the game were fun. They had that crazy pogo jumping sword attack that was mm-hmm. like a ton of fun to do. And I don't know, the game was a blast. I never actually finished it or anything, but I I thought it was a lot of fun for what it was. The other game that I like that. Uh, everybody hates uh is a really popular game series to bag on in the uh the video game press and that's uh the dynasty warriors series um everybody everybody rips on this game for not innovating and, yeah. and yet uh, they keep making them for somebody and we found out today that somebody's you it's yeah. it's me i i particularly <laughs> like the there, there's a development cycle they go through where they make a dynasty warriors game then they make uh, another version of that same one, and then finally they'll whip out a Dynasty Warriors whatever Empires, and those are the ones that I really enjoy. They're uh, they're kind of like playing Risk, except instead of rolling dice to uh, resolve the fight in a whatever province you're in, you actually go out and do a little Dynasty Warriors action, and uh, strikes the right balance for me between strategy and goofy action and. I don't know. I I just don't see what the problem is with those games. It's like they don't reinvent the wheel, but, you know, who cares? I don't know why they're not popular. I mean, Pokemon was definitely uh, popular. Uh, You got to catch them all. And Dynasty Warriors, the exact opposite. You you played them all when you played one of them. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, they're all like they're all they're all pretty much the same game. But, you know, there's there's innovations sort of in between uh, different uh, different versions of the game like all of a sudden one of the characters will have two swords instead of one and you're like oh that's more historically accurate to the character <laughs> well uh, offline and- we were talking about highlander and there could be only one and there was only one of these so. princess of the universe yeah but uh as, as, as for games I, that i don't like that everybody else likes i mean madden you know uh i played madden on the genesis and i liked it yeah but uh since then, the game has gotten a little overcomplicated for me, who is not a uh, uh, football fan at all. Uh, and John, who is not American, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I got a pretty good story, actually. Uh, I was My- working in a, a video place. They put Madden into the PS3, and uh, I guess there's a lot of computer-controlled characters in those games or whatever, mm-hmm. but this kid was playing this. And uh, he goes, whoa, whoa, I got a touchdown. And he goes, well, I don't know. I think maybe the computer got a touchdown. <laughs> What's a touchdown? <laughs> you know? I don't know. For, for my money, the best uh, use of the Madden engine was uh, Mutant League football. Yes. Uh, that was great. Yeah. So good. But, Where uh, is that? Yeah. That what game? the heck? We talk it about it had a Saturday morning cartoon, so you know there's people <laughs> yes. out there that want to see this game return. 
And John, if, if I told you Neo Geo in the 90s put out Football 20XX, and it was a football game with robots and landmines and <laughs> assorted goodness like that, yeah. you would learn yourself some football to play that game. Oh, well, yeah. The Neo Geo did have a football, and it was, it was kind of neat because, uh, you know, of course it was trying to take advantage of the Tecmo type of football um, experience but it would zoom in uh, if you're running a ball it would zoom in on your character so your characters would be really large but then you couldn't see the field uh, right. and like when you would first be starting to play it would zoom out so it's not the what it's game not, was that i'm not familiar with it was called game. like pro football <laughs> really <laughs> yeah uh-huh. okay i don't remember the exact name but i'm Pretty sure it was just stealing called it tonight. Football, yeah. <laughs> uh, but I love Cyberball. You know, I I played that for. Yes. Oh man, I I can still play that now. I I really enjoy that. That's robots and and football that explodes. So you really don't need to know a lot of rules for that one. Try that to get. Try to, it was really cool too. Well, they had a couple different ones, and so if you had the ones that were like diagonal to each other to play your uh-huh. opponent, and each had your own screen, that was just that was so good. I loved that game. That was wicked awesome. Yeah. <laughs> All right, fellas. Uh, I think there was something else I had to say about it, but now I, I don't recall. All right, and finally to wrap it up, what literary pieces, uh, books or comics, uh, would you like to see real? Uh, I also threw in TV shows. Would you like to oh, see good. realized as a video game that has not been done already? Oh, crap. Yeah, I picked movies. <laughs> okay, that's all right. That is, to me, that's literary. <laughs> it was written in some form to be created. So I'm pretty yeah. sure there was a uh, novelization of Buckaroo Banzai, so yeah. I think it counts. So you want <laughs> that to happen? Game for that? Yeah, how about it? All right, Eric started. I like that, actually. <laughs> I like that idea. You know what? You know why? Uh, there's no video game for it? Because the title wouldn't fit on the box. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. Because it like a... Like a fold-out, like, gatefold cover. Right. That would do the trick. Yeah. What well, is the Jeff name? Jeff Goldblum like, was in that, right? Who? What's that? Yeah, Jeff, Jeff Goldblum. Goldblum? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, he oh, ain't yeah. doing anything. He'll do the voiceover work on that game. <laughs> but, but the title of it is, is like, uh, as long as the Borat title. What, what was oh, the yeah. title? Like, Bo- Buckaroo Banzai. Buckaroo Bonsai, like, like Adventures Across the Eighth Dimension or something. <laughs> it was really It's long. ridiculously yeah. long, yeah. Yeah, but, like, what a crazy video game that would be you know i mean buckaroo bonsai is the world's most famous scientist slash fighter pilot slash neurosurgeon slash rock star as long as like the game included elements of all of that it would be the greatest video game ever so yeah (laughs) implementing all the peripherals that everybody has collected throughout the years with their plastic guitars hitachi magic wands and everything else that would be great iconic system the one that like transformed never came out well (laughs) you know what you you said something funny there kyle although they they sort of did that with the diehard game for the playstation there was one where you could use the light gun one where you use the controller and then one where you could use a steering wheel Yep, because it was like a trilogy. So uh, that was, um, and I remember, you know, some people hated that game. Other people really liked it because it depended on what one of the three games you were playing. (laughs) Right. (laughs) You know, maybe you liked shooters, maybe you liked uh, driving games. That would be a great one. That brings to mind Remo Williams. Uh, the, the adventure continues. That would be, which never really started. But uh, <laughs> that would be that would be another uh, neat movie that was sort of in the line and timeline of Buckaroo Banzai. What else? Anything else you got, Eric? 
Uh, you know, okay, so there have been giant monster movie games, mm-hmm. but there haven't like really where been this any, is going. <laughs> there haven't really been any that like actually sort of take the genre seriously. I'm a fan of these kind of movies, but the movies themselves, you know, they've gotten away from that like campy '60s thing. Mm. I want to play a like a blood and guts Gamera film based off of those Gamera movies that came out in '99 and 2002 and right, right. Uh, 2003. You know, gritty giant turtle action, and uh, there's you just can't play a giant monster movie game that isn't a farce. Uh, that's always been a disappointment to me. Well, you know, the, I I was always excited for each year the new Godzilla game, and that's one of the reasons I wanted the Dreamcast. But you're right, you know, even even back when people laugh at the original Godzilla uh, movies and stuff like that. Well, not the first one, of course, but even yeah, the, the ones first were, one was really dark. But even the ones later, where you know he's fighting the sludge monster, yeah, the smog monster, <laughs> and uh, you know Angira and things like this. If you think about those fights, there. Godzilla was spurting blood everywhere. They weren't. Yeah. They weren't friendly fights. I mean, yeah, maybe when you know, kid Godzilla came along, and or you know, <laughs> when he's fighting the lobster, smoke rings, and yeah. <laughs> but there was always a goofy part, like when he's fighting a giant crab. They play baseball uh, with a boulder, but but then yeah. in other parts, you know, he's getting his head knocked in and blood shooting out and everything like that. So they've never done that in in one of the Godzilla games. Not even for the Game Boy. You'd think that they. would have a real bloody maze Godzilla game. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, that's it. That's those were my two ones that came to mind when I when I read the question. Apparently wrong. <laughs> no, no, that's good. That's good. <laughs> yeah. Well, you said books or comics, so I know Buckaroo Banza had a comic, and yep. uh, and Giant Monsters definitely have comics. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> what do you got, Kyle? All right, well, I stuck with books, but if we're going to throw in TV and movies, uh, which I'm totally okay with, mm. I got to get this off my chest. There needs to be, and it probably already happened on like some sort of Amiga or like uh, maybe on like a Spectrum or something. There needs to be a Patrick McGowan's Prisoner video game. Yeah, it is one mm-hmm. of my all-time favorite television shows ever, and I would love to see it realized as a video game, because I feel like you know someone like a Bethesda could make a very interesting game. But what's great, what would be great about that is that the village is so so tiny. So you you'd have these people who are very used to making these very expansive games, and then you're, you're constricting them in this little tiny village. But I can only imagine all the awesome things they could do within that constraint with the missions, the items, and the different things you could collect. It's a very cerebral show for those who aren't aware, and it certainly isn't that uh, hard remake that was on A&E a couple years back. If you're into sort of... It's not really super action-y. No, that's the thing. It's it's not. It's very cerebral, but I don't want to make it a point-and-click adventure because I've been burned too many times by Telltale yeah. in recent months. So I don't want to go the... I definitely want to go like the action route, but not have it focused on combat. And as I talk about some of these books that I have chosen, you'll see that this falls in line with all of them. But yeah, Patrick McGowan's Prisoner for a video game, I, I and for me, would be awesome. The, what was the beach ball? Rover, I think. Rover, yeah. Uh, yeah, Rover. I want I want Rover to be as as terrifying as Sinistar. And then yes! there you go. 
And it like, was oh. because it used to howl when it was yeah. coming towards you. But that's the thing. It's like I kind of like the anti-hero, and I kind of like the idea of not being uh, the the macho Rambo esque, uh, you know, arm to the nines type of character. And again, you'll see why I say that now. But Patrick McGowan as um, number six was it was all about how intelligent he was, and it was all about him being one step ahead of the whatever powers were or whatever overlords were overseeing the village at the time and yet just when you thought he was going to get that edge they pulled the carpet out from under him so it was like is he really in control or are they always in control and i think that that can play very well in the video game medium so I, would, I just think would, it'd be cool that would be when you tough. said tv wiggly it just <laughs> sparked that immediately and of course the music would be by uh, iron maiden yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes, it was. Please no. All right. So let's talk about books. Uh, let's talk I about think, books, man. Yeah, and these are really these are serious books. Okay. Um, <laughs> my first pick is "The Sun Also Rises" by Ernest Hemingway. <laughs> and for those of you who who aren't aware, first of all, I love this book, and I've been searching for a very long time to see the film. Because Robert Evans, somebody who I admire very much, is in the film. But I have yet to get a copy of that film. So if anyone can point me in the right direction. Anyway, uh, The Sun Also Rises is about a bunch of expatriates hanging around, palling around in Spain and their lives. And uh, the main character is uh, somebody who suffered uh, a wound uh, during World War II and is now impotent. And I just feel that that would be like... Just such justice to all these little kids playing these uh, war games where they think like actual war is uh, is a computer game. Mm -hmm. And, you know, they're learning about World War Two from Call of Duty and they're learning Mm -hmm. about like global terrorism from Call of Duty. It'd be great to put them in control of a character who is not fond of war at all, uh, is... uh, lost on the American dream, is impotent, uh, and is watching his friends bicker and fight constantly just to show them the realities of uh, what the <laughs> aftermath of war is. So that That's your revenge pick. Cause, uh... Yeah, that is a revenge pick. And my next one is a revenge pick too, but it, it's more so a big, you know, F you to the same group of kids, Slaughterhouse-Five by Kurt Vonnegut. <laughs> <laughs> PlayStation 3. I would I would play, I would uh, set up um, The Sun Also Rises as like a Shenmue type of game because <laughs> that game, you know, somebody murdered your dad, but it's, I'm just going to go play Pachinko for a while and, you know, I'm going to buy Capsule gonna, Toys. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm not going to search for the killer. So, but yeah, but th- that type of model would be good for a, a uh, Sun Also Rises game. Whereas Slaughterhouse Five would be a great game to use the whole like Uncharted engine for, but nothing happens that's good. <laughs> <laughs> Just to teach kids a real lesson about what war really does to people and their minds. Both those books, personal favorites of mine. Both I would love to see as a video game. And then I. <laughs> I said, let's get it. Let's make it a little lighter uh, and something that people might actually be interested in or heard of. <laughs> so I thought back to uh, w- one of my favorite comic writers, of course, is Alan Moore. Oh, and I thought about The Watchmen. But then I remembered that already has a horrible <laughs> game attached to yeah. it. So I thought about the very next best thing, which was V for Vendetta. And really, all kidding aside, I thought of V for Vendetta first because I could totally picture a 
Batman Arkham Asylum-esque game for V for Vendetta. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And I think it would work really well, and I think it's something that should be considered, even if it is as cheap as just a palette swap and using the same exact engine, I still think it would work as long as it's written well. So those are my picks. What's I bet you first? didn't think I was going to say the sun also rises. No, I was not. Ever in a million years. I thought you were going to say Roots the game. That's <laughs> <laughs> an uplifting story. Well, you you could get a game out of Roots. I don't think you could get a game out of The Sun Also Rises. It'd be a ga- like, it'd be a game where you watch bullfighting. You don't participate. <laughs> yes. You watch the bullfighting. I just well, you got people in GTA <laughs> watching the television in GTA. Well, okay, that's funny the though. Bullfighting's a lot more exciting. <laughs> I don't. Well, you'd be, you'd be You'd be drinking and then yes. going to the bullfight. And so you're ah. familiar with the book, Eric. I am, but there, never has there been a worse property for a video game translation than the sun also rises. You, you couldn't get it for a, a large sum of money. No, probably not. <laughs> probably not. Wow. All right, uh, John. <laughs> uh, minor, you know, a, a little bit more uh, traditional, why don't we say? You know, like uh, Heavy Rain? I haven't played it, but I've seen it, so I think I know the way it plays. <laughs> and uh, I think... Wait, wait, when am I getting that back? But Ooh, wait, uh, had a- yeah, I put it... I haven't played it yet. But I think that <laughs> kind of approach man. would work with a Stephen King book called Salem's Lost. Uh, I don't know if mm. you've heard of it enough. Yeah, they would have a movie. With uh, Starsky. Yeah. Or Hutch, I can't remember. One but... Of, um, <laughs> Yeah, that book I read, and it was what worked about that book for me was I never really read a horror book that scared me before, but this time he spends like a couple hundred pages building a town, and then he kills it. <laughs> and you know, I thought it'd be pretty cool to play through that, like to you know, if you play through the the lives of these people, and then. You invest yourself in them, and then you have to deal with the uh, the horror aspect of it without any skills or weapons or anything like that. That'd be pretty cool, you know. Mm-hmm. I'm really surprised there's no video game adaptation of Neuromancer. Uh, there, hmm. there was. Was there? Yeah, there oh, was. Okay. On the there was a uh, uh, an adventure game on the C64 in that era of games, okay, and it was well, pretty cool. It actually had. The theme song was Devo, which was pretty. It was pretty cool. Well, I had the song on my iPod. <laughs> the way, like the modern 3D kind of uh, adventure game, I think would work really well with the with newer Master, you know, and give it that kind of grimy aesthetic that we're all so fond of these days. It seems, you know. Yeah. Well, I mean, like they got that Syndicate game coming out that's kind mm-hmm. of the same genre, and yeah. Uh, the latest uh, Deus Ex is kind of the same genre, but yeah, like why not go back to the the one that started it all? Get some name recognition in there. That'd be that'd be pretty cool. Uh, I'd also, and this is my final one. I'd like to see Suda Fifty One, the guy behind No More Heroes and all. Mm-hmm. I would like to see him make Naked Lunch into a game. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think that would be perfect. Yeah, I have to agree with that. <laughs> First, we were getting... I was scared because we were like all way too geeky 
you know, with with all these like role playing type of fantasy, we're so into it, and and just saying grinding, I felt kind of dirty. And now we're getting into all this Depends intellectual type of uh, things way over my head. So you know, lit geek is still geek, man. <laughs> Well, uh, now to bring us back to Earth. Of course, <laughs> I've talked about already uh, about, of, of course, a courtship of Eddie's father game, which would be oh, God. <laughs> completely fantastic. <laughs> and uh, of course, I would love to see a biblical version of Assassin's Creed, uh, where you play as uh, Moses versus the Midianites, and you just run through women and children and elderly with your knife, and then you, of course, save the virgins to do with as you please. But that's a different show that I do, so I'm not going to talk about that. I think the game that I most like to see, uh, since we have seen some success with uh, the new Batman games, and... I think I don't know why Batman has opened it up so much for ideas about other games, but it really has. Uh, I mean, there's nothing incredibly unique about Batman, Arkham City, you know, and there, Arkham whatever's. There is some uniqueness to that. Uh, well, know? there there is, but I mean, there's no bit of it that it hasn't been done before. It's just I that it's a surprise. The combat is a rhythm game. I mean, yeah. that's that's the most unique part of it to me. Right. Well, I think I, the surprise is nobody expected a good superhero <laughs> game. Of course. Like, really. I mean, it, it doesn't really do anything all that new, but the the way that it takes good ideas and blends it together exactly. and sticks it with an, like, an awesome franchise that yep. normally, if it was done 10 years earlier, would be the game would you know would be a pile of garbage. Yep. That's be why horrible. everybody was like, it can happen. Yeah, mm-hmm. we can have these type of games. And, and, and the I dreams think, alive. And I think that's why it really opened it up a lot because they did put all these things that work together into a great character, and you know made it interesting and, and graphically and everything was all lined up. And I think the very uh, interesting part about this, uh, like as I mentioned earlier with Ultraman, while well, it tied in with the release of the Australian Ultraman, and you think about all these other superhero games, they sort of tied in with releases, you know, now we had Spider-Man and Atari 2600, but a lot of the games that we get nowadays are just because of movies coming out of them. Yeah. Um, But here comes Batman Arkham things. They're not tied in any movies. So I think that might have something to do with um, our disappointments along the way, like with the Supermans that always came out. You know, they sort Mm -hmm. of try to tie in with a movie and stuff like that. But one game that I would love to see now that we have this better engine is... Dark Knight Returns, the comic that, you know, oh, the yeah. Miller comic brought to life with all this fantastic post-apocalyptic imagery, the TV style cuts, you know, all those yeah. the way that it was, that Frank Miller made it all um, TV shots really moved it along like a movie I could see those all moving along the story, a very old gritty Batman coming out of retirement um, yeah. th- that bat tank that he drove uh, where <laughs> where he dukes it out with Superman and all that stuff uh, the the heroes, the the other heroes that were there, like the, the whole anti-hero, hero, used to be a hero, now what is he I mean long before Civil War or House of M, we had Frank Miller bringing us this future of superheroes <laughs> fighting each other you know, and Green <laughs> Arrow Long before Frank Miller went insane. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But 
you mean Green Arrow with one arm? I mean, that is just that was just so uh, it just blew your it mind. Was, uh, you know, sweet. So I'd love to see that. I'd I'd love to see uh, the Dark Knight fighting martial law from from a martial law graphic <laughs> novel. I mean, that would be amazing. And speaking of uh, verses, you know, we had Alien versus Predator and all those other things. How about Clint Eastwood versus Charles Bronson? <laughs> I'd buy it. I'd buy, I'd buy, it you I don't even, care what console it's on. No. I'll buy it. I, I don't care if they're fighting in a snowstorm where it's a complete whiteout and you don't see anything on the screen, you just hear their voices. Uh, <laughs> I mean, that would be the, the ultimate badass versus each other, you know. Now, you we pick did. You box up and you grow a beard. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> You would. Your balls would drop. Uh, <laughs> now, they did make a Dirty Harry movie, uh, a Dirty Harry pinball table, but that's like, I don't know, did they make Dirty Harry or did they just, they knocked it off, of course, with a lot of other titles yeah. that didn't have his name. But I just think that would be a really cool game now um, to have that type of of real, uh, you know, characters behind it. I mean, those are some fully realized characters. And, of course, it's it's no surprise, I'll end with this, anyone bionic that's really bionic, not, <laughs> not you know, bionic commando who's not bionic. Uh, Six Million Dollar Man, Seven Million Dollar Man, John Saxton, Jamie Summers, Lindsay Wagner, Jamie Summers, Michelle Ryan, Fembots, Maskatron, The Venus Probe, I don't care, you fight him, Bionic Bigfoot, uh, Oscar Goldman, Rudy Wells, that whole world. I would just love to live in that world. And I don't want, and I, I mean, I even played that, um, what was that guy's name? Steel. The Shaq Fu? Shaq? No. <laughs> no. It was Max Steel, uh, which was an ideal toy and a great robot toy that came out, which bankrupted the ideal toy company but anyway he he was a something steel and he fought another guy with a with a robot jaw and a robot arm and stuff but i played that because i really wanted some six million dollar man action but that was a crappy game i think it was on the playstation 2 but i would just love to see anyone bionic represented uh other than the bionic command this and inspector gadget inspector gadget you know, you know what? That teenager's name was Max Steel, but he spelled it like M-A-X-S-T-E-E-L. And then the Max oh. Steel, yeah, the ideal robot the was... The extra E <coughs> messed it up. Well, the ideal robot had two X's and, and an E in the Max and, and then an E at the end of Steel. Right. And then, but don't Google Max Steel because you might get the sexy man uh, flesh guy. Yeah. All right, anyway. My favorite American gladiator. He is. All right, everybody. Hey, thanks for joining in today on the council and the forum and the millionaires and the co-op for kids. Don't forget, kids, go to co-op for kids on the eBay. Click the links on wetalkgames.com. That is a way to get there. All right, Neil Diamond. And that's another game I'd love to see, of course, Santo Gold. Uh, you know you're going to like it. All right, everybody. Bye. Uh, bye. Bye. Hey, see you later. And that's it. Hey, everybody. Thanks for joining us for another episode of We Talk Games. Please don't forget to give generously at our We Talk Games Co-op for Kids charity auction to support the Children's Miracle Network. There are some truly amazing and unique items in our charity auction this year. And I'd like to thank Calvin Kubik for setting all of that up. So please visit our auction site via the links at wetalkgames.com or 
Wigglysworld.com or Twitter.com slash We Talk Games. Hey, you think that I could uh, read my fan letters now? Well, you know what, Sink? I'm in a much better mood now. I'm quite far distanted from uh, how you ruined the trilogy of original posters. And uh, to be honest with you, these two ugly ones that you brought us are kind of growing on me. They have a certain charm to them. I think we had a real nice council as well. So, go ahead, Sting. I- I'm, I'm just going to... I'm going to leave the mic to you, have fun, read your fan letters, and join us here next time on We Talk Games. Take it away, Stink. All right, now we're getting somewhere. Okay, oh boy, I have 153 fan letters. Let's start right here. This is from Mabella Radford at Mabella Akmewiti at Hotmail.com. If you try out this new Asian medication, you will find out what is increased libido at myretikaren.com. While angered, sore at heart, and restless, he vanity had given her for the first time that sense of helpless. It to a wide old couch. Threw myself upon it, and close my eyes. The. Thank you, Maybella. Iris help. Oi, oi, titum. At denotational.com. Iris help. Resolve Iris tax problems. Attorney advertisement. Iris tax help. Tax pros help solve Iris problems. To view the advertisement below, please load images in your email browsers. Okay. This one's in from my fan Blast. Blast at datarefresh.net. Private sales. Hayes USA. Exclusive. And it's just a bunch of question marks in squares. All right. Here we go. This is important. Get information on kitchen cabinets today. Kitchen cabinets. Improve the look of your kitchen cabinets. Click to get kitchen cabinets at affordable prices. To view the tavern, to view the advertisement below, please load images in your email browser, and then it's a bunch of question marks and squares. This one is a fan letter from my big fan, AARP membership. Live life to the fullest with these benefits. Buy monthly AARP the magazine. Buy monthly ARP, a magazine with celebrity feature articles. This stylish travel bag helps you stay organized on the road. It's got enough room for everything you need. Better yet, you always know exactly where everything is. At AARP. <laughs> 